Quest, episode 34, a sequel chat in theater movie review of Logan. Warning, Sequel Chat is a movie lover's podcast featuring discussions of the latest cinematic sequels in theaters now. These weekend of release reviews are spoiler-filled and highly flammable, so please use caution when listening. You have been warned. myself today to see if I still feel I focus on the pain the only thing that's real I haven't popped my claws in 50 years. Or, depending on which X-Men timeline you're in, eh, yesterday. I mean, I tore up a gas station in El Paso, but those gangbangers had it coming. They were trying to steal my wheels and... Ah, stupid kids. Don't mess with the mutton chops. Nope. Alright, gang. We saw Logan and... uh, Oh, boy. We got a lot to talk about. We do, we do. I mean, we're gonna have a little bit of time for that opening from the beginning, yeah. right? Yes. I just, yes. I don't, I don't want to ignore that. I'm sorry. Oh, I know. Okay. No, we will cover the comic book origins of this movie and also where they strayed. So, I mean, let's uh, let's just go around the table. Who do we have here? I am Jeremy. I'm Professor Adam, rolling around in my wheelchair, and I am the hired gun, Colton. And this, well, this this is the first sequel chat of 2017 for us here at Sequel Quest. And it's kind of a big deal to me because this month makes it a year since I did my first Sequel Quest sequel chat. Batman v Superman was last March. Oh, it was. (laughs) That's crazy. Wow, hanging in there. But by the way, if you want to go back and listen to the last sequel chat, we talked Doctor Strange. It just came out on DVD and Blu-ray. So if you want to see if our review holds up, you can go check it out. I just picked it up for myself the other day actually i did not realize it was out and i'm like whoa dr strange <laughs> yoink that one we recorded inside a denny's live <laughs> so i mean it's it's a little different than our and normal re- format and then i recorded it separately on my <laughs> iphone and and then sent it in it was all grafted together uh, seamlessly on my oh head. thank you thank you that was that was the mysticism of sequel chat magic all right well let's get into the movie should we should we start with the comic book ties or well well, the, I, we, I think we, we should talk You'll... just a little bit about the anticipation for the film in this universe, like that. Hugh Jackman's been a part of this X-Men universe playing Wolverine for 17 years. It's been nine movies of Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Uh, and I, I'll just say this, my, my, my uh, comment off the top, really 17 years and we couldn't get anything close to a comics accurate costume on screen. We get one deleted uh, scene on yeah, the green DVD yeah. and then nothing. I, I cannot believe it that they couldn't have done a flashback 
they couldn't have done something to show him in the costume at some point. Because in, in this day and age where we're getting such literal adaptations or they're really pulling from the source material, just feels like they would have gone there. Briefly, briefly, that's all we wanted. Uh, I don't know. Not, not with this one, Adam. It, 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 this particular costume was a tough sell. More so than the usual superhero costume, in my view. Not necessarily. I, I thought so, but they, go ahead. They put Cyclops in a close to 90s looking suit here in Apocalypse. X-Men Apocalypse. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember that. Well, it, I guess my thought is like the, the, they made a joke about it in the first X-Men film. What'd yeah, you expect? Blue yeah. and yellow spandex, all yeah. that. That's what they should not do. Wolverine's original costume, not attractive, not cool. However... He eventually got an update, which was the yellow, you know, the, you know, like kind of the yellow and brown, orange and brown right. look, which was awesome. And that I feel like could easily translate to a film. It could easily be like, you know, brown leather or whatever you want it to be, you know. And I just, I just again, like I, I just feel like maybe when they reboot it, they can finally give that to us, you know, when they bring in the new Wolverine. Because, like, yeah, you know. This time around, we'll do it right. But anyway. All right. I just want to put this out at the top. We are spoiler heavy on this one. If you have not watched it, pause it, watch it, come back to us. It was rated R. Be cautious with sensitive ears. A lot of language. I'm sure your parental guides have already told you this. Oh, within two minutes of the film starting, it earns its R rating for the violence. Yeah, no, well, for the violence. (laughs) Language, the first line. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, in my audience, there were way too many kids. I don't know about you guys, but there were families going to see this film, and I was like, did you, you paid attention to nothing, people? Like, this is the R rated, you know, and, and I was just like, you could hear kids talking throughout the movie and I was just like this is bad news (laughs) apparently they didn't learn their lesson with Deadpool yeah exactly I I think that's the problem though is Deadpool made the R-rated superhero movie possible and it but also made it essentially mainstream and saying hey it's not worse than what you're getting on cable so I think people are just figuring like yeah my kids probably saw it they're watching Game of Thrones what's the big deal you know so speaking of which you guys brought it up how how are we feeling about this Deadpool pre-credits <laughs> pre-film yeah stroke of trailer. genius stroke of genius for them to put it at the front of the movie because artistically if they'd put it at the end i don't think it would have flowed well exactly how the film went i i think they did uh, i mean in terms of my personal emotional well-being it would have really helped lighten things up for me but it wouldn't have been good for the spirit of the film so that was a master stroke for fox to put that at the front and it's such a change of pace because we're so accustomed to having them be either at the beginning the middle or the end of the end credits to having them just have it be at the jump before you even see the 20th Century Fox logo, I thought was just, you know, it, it completely caught me off guard. I didn't even know it was happening. That, that was so genius about it, is that you see a lone <laughs> figure in a hood walking along, and you think, oh, the movie started, that's cool. No. <laughs> he pulls it back in its weight, and... Um, well, he was going to Logan also. Yeah, I, I, I noticed that poster in the background for Logan, <laughs> which... Deadpool, endlessly meta, endlessly. Now, my audience my audience loved it up to, like, the whole fo- changing in the phone booth, this extended, uh, you know, the, grabbing uh, the suit and everything, the, the butt cheeks up yeah. against the glass. But the, after the butt cheeks, they did not laugh at all for the rest of it. That's when he really started cracking all his jokes. And so I was like, uh-oh, are people kind of, like... They're not into the Ryan Reynolds thing anymore, or is it just that other part was so funny they ran out of laughs? You know, technically that was cringe humor to drag out that 
phone booth part as long as they could, and that doesn't well, work for everybody. And the theatrical version of this yeah, that's pre what I to say. is short. It's yeah. like a minute shorter. That phone booth scene is another minute or so longer, yeah. and he calls the the costume designer, who usually helps him get in the suit, mm-hmm. at the end of it. It's online. Oh, really? You can watch it. There's yeah. also a Stanley cameo. Yeah, I'm like, why did they cut that out of the theatrical cut? I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Know, and that's another thing. I praise the studio for not doing the Stanley cameo during the movie. That just no. That just isn't yeah. That wouldn't work. work with this film. Yeah, <laughs> they well, could have I mean, had that in a the wanted de- poster or something. Maybe even well, granted, this the whole movie was somber enough. Yeah, you didn't want to have the the Stanley cameo be a headstone. Yeah. Oh yeah, that that would have been a little a uh, little foretelling. Little <laughs> <sighs> He's having his last Comic Con for a reason. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, baby, with, with the Deadpool trailer, of course, while he's changing in the phone booth, you get a very good look at some graffiti on there, uh, which has been Summers, all the rage uh, online. Uh, uh, yeah. Who Summers lives? Nathan Summers is coming. Yeah, Soon. so Tal talking about Cable and then Deadpool 2, as promised. Is Still, he, Is he related to Scott and Alex? Will be yeah, okay. Do you not know your X-Men? Not, well, here's the thing. Okay, just, hold on. Nathan <laughs> Summers is Cable, isn't it? Just clarifying. Yeah, absolutely. That's I, his I, real name. Okay, yeah, I, I'm familiar with Cable. I just figured, I know this is silly, but I just kind of assumed because he's kind of robotic in nature that Cable was kind of his real name. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, he is Scott and Jean Grey's child who gets infected with the Technovirus. Okay. Sent into the future to where they can slow it down or control it, and so he's technically raised in the future and then he does his time jumping back okay. and forth yeah. my mainly my knowledge of him is from the deadpool video game and not other right media. and the deadpool video game does not go into all that no. stuff so <laughs> which by the way that is the single most hilarious video game i've ever played full disclosure i mean just i almost died laughing but uh yeah forgive my ignorance on the subject but out of all the slices of the marvel universe x-men is easily one of the biggest slices because there's just so much there right. with mutants and the x-force and the new mutants so i i my apologies for my ignorance but i just i don't know everything about the x-men part of things. well then again cable there are so many different origin stories for him there's multiple versions you can pick oh, yeah. plus he had a clone named strife there was all sorts of weird stuff going on there so yeah but yeah speaking now, of clones like, so... let's get back to the main event here because let's do the it. deadpool yeah. cameo it was fun whatever just the the teaser we knew that movie was on its way let's get to the main event now i will say full color movie gorgeous the director mangold i think it's mangold james mangold james mangold he's working on a black and white version just like mad max Fury, really like mad max i i was listening to a podcast on the way here and i heard somebody throw that out briefly that they were going to do a black and white version i thought they were joking you know he's he's working on a version for it so there's a lot of potential with this movie wow come award season next year maybe i don't know i i I feel like this movie definitely um it's like I mean, we know, we know, right? X-Men Origins Wolverine, major mess, the Wolverine, <laughs> slight improvement, but kind of a weak supporting cast. And I didn't really get into the storyline itself. Uh, you know, so it's just kind of like, well, Wolverine's ripped and he, he's looking pretty cool and they're taking it a little bit more seriously this time. Mm-hmm. But this one is definitely the most coherent mm-hmm. and and it just it just makes the most sense, really, in my opinion, of any of the X-Men films so far. And I think it's because it has such a small cast or at least you're focusing on a very, you know, yeah, it's got a very tight core of characters. 
Yeah, to to express my agreement with that, I went back as research and I watched every single X-Men movie ever right before Logan. (laughs) Oh, wow. Every single one, I could not bring myself to watch Origins Wolverine again. I just couldn't. I'm sorry. Yet they make so many callbacks to it in this movie. Yeah. So I just, I couldn't bring myself to do that. I've probably seen The Wolverine three times now and I just, it's not... It's not the eyesore that Origins is, You're right? But it right. still falls kind of flat for me. I I love some of the exactly. samurai stuff that happens, and uh, the stuff with Jean Grey I found very interesting. But overall, an improvement, but not a marked improvement, you know? Right. But uh, yeah, and part of the reason I did that is because I just wanted to. Because when I knew that uh, Professor Xavier was going to be in this movie, I knew I just wanted to go back and just review the dynamic between the two, especially. And when you do yeah. that freshly, right before Logan, it just makes it that much more heartbreaking when you see that long journey reach its end. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, well, let let's let's give like a very basic overview. Overview. Hopefully, people are listening. They've mm-hmm. seen it, like Jamie yeah. told you at the top. But I mean, like if we, if we're getting to the core of this story, we we open in and Logan, right? He it's the year 2029, which threw me a little bit because I thought this was going to be more of a dystopian future. 29. Okay. The reason I remember that is because that's the same dystopian year as Terminator. Oh, right. I didn't even catch that. 2029 came across the radio. It was his car that was a 2024. Oh, yes. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, so at this point, Logan is like, you know, down on his luck. You could tell he's not in good health. He drives a limousine for a living that's that's how and you find out he's making his living because he has to take care of professor x who is prone to seizures seems to be suffering from dementia and he keeps him holed up down in mexico inside some chamber in like a train yard or some sort of yeah inside a silo yeah yeah it's a smelting plant yeah it was an old water tower tipped over and like and the and the bottom line is that you know i mean if we're gonna just like start at where is logan at in this is life is not good all the x-men are dead and later we get a reveal as to what caused that but we we see that professor x is having these seizures that if you think about what he was able to do in the x-men films right he was able to like you know freeze people and all that kind of stuff now imagine he's just like pummeling them with psychic energy and and they they just can't move the only person who seems to really be able to move through this is wolverine kind of like in uh, x-men three the last stand you know where he's like he's the only one who could pass through gene gray's attack because he keeps right. preparing himself he keeps yeah. pushing through so it's kind of similar in that way um but that they keep having to give professor x his medicine right but logan is supposed to buy the medicine for him and then there's a another mutant character caliban who i believe was in apocalypse yes. which i have not seen yes. yet but I, a different I'm, wonder, actor. I'm wondering because it is a different actor i'm wondering is, is it a whole new iteration <clears throat> of him because in apocalypse he was this almost pimp like dude right you know? the the director mangle did say that this is an alternate timeline oh that's a relief right yeah and and the other thing i heard is that that the director of apocalypse well brian singer brian singer and mangold they did not have any communication when they were putting their stories together so they both chose to have caliban because they needed a mutant that could track other mutants mm-hmm. but they did 
there was there was really no communication to say, by the way, you know, we do you want to have some continuity here. But like like Jeremy said, it doesn't really matter because yeah. it's an alternate timeline. Yeah, it, I thought that was really interesting. It was like, we love this character. We both do. We're just going to throw him in there. But do you know this actor who, who played Caliban? Yes. He seems so familiar Stephen to me. Merchant. Yeah, what's, what's, he, what's familiar, his big thing? Uh, yeah. he, He's a British guy, does a lot of work with Ricky Gervais. Right. Comedian. He's done a lot of small parts here and there. I mean, if you see him, you know who it is. That's what I said. The face was so familiar, and yet, like, I was looking at his IMDb credits. I'm like, okay, the British office, I haven't seen that, you he know. He usually wears extras. glasses, though. Okay. Which really, it's a little off-putting. Like, you, you're thrown off a little bit because he's not wearing them, but. Well, to me, he, look, he looks like Voldemort with the nose in this movie you know mixed with clint eastwood yeah because he has to cover himself up because he's an albino and the sunlight you know i believe in the comics he was one of the morlocks who lived down in the sewers so that makes sense you know he afraid of the light and all that but what was your impression of jackman's take on you know in the first few minutes of wolverine because he's, he's obviously been playing it for a while for most of the series, he's pretty much been playing it the same. I have never been a big fan of him. I like Jackman. I think he's got a lot of charisma. Seems like a nice guy. I never thought he fit the role well. He's just too youthful and too charismatic. He's not the gruff, loner, angry person. You know, like to me, like they should have twenty years ago gotten somebody like Ian McShane. Like that kind of actor is to me what Logan is. You know, you wanted this, Blackbeard like, to be Wolverine. I'm just. Is, uh, I'm sorry. I'm just messing with you. (laughs) Well, either that's so unfair. Or like the internet said, he's too tall. Well, yeah. They, well, they could have hobbited him, right? They could have right. just shrunk him yeah. down digitally or had a double. I, just, yeah, I, I didn't know this long shot. until recently, but uh, Dougray Scott, the guy who, uh, he was the prince in right. Ever After Cinderella Story, he was supposed to be Wolverine. Hmm. And he had a scheduling conflict, so he had to yeah, drop I, out. Their next choice was Russell Crowe. And Russell Crowe was like, oh, I'll, I think I'll pass. I don't want to do a conf movie. Yeah. But I have a really good acting friend of mine who I think would be a good fit. Why don't you give him a try? So right. they go to Broadway and they get Hugh Jackman and the rest is history. And I just... <laughs> now, I really felt for Jackman in this role. He played a broken down and worn out Wolverine. Especially in these first few minutes, you just feel for him, even though he's really hitting the bottle hard yeah. every chance well, he gets. Which was strange to me. Like, he has to, but at the same time, I'm like, he's drinking so much, but drinking is really not supposed to make a difference for Wolverine because of his healing factor. Like, it's kind of like, it can't do much for him. So I was like, I... I I felt like they it would have been too wacky and fun, but it seems like he should have had like 20 bottles, you know, like empty bottles rolling around the limousine or something. Because it's like for him to feel the buzz, it seems like that would have been necessary. You know, and later in the film, he's drinking just like little, you know, the tiny liquor bottles from a hotel. And I'm just like, I don't think that's given you much, is it? But I guess if his... If his powers are fading, which they allude to later, maybe it does work. I I don't know. Right. Let's just put it out there. It's his adamantium that's poisoning his body. And it's poisoning his healing factor to the point that it's almost negating it. Like, he, he can barely get to the point of healing himself, but it takes a lot more energy and focus to do so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, you know, we see him, like you said, he get, and, and you alluded to in the opening, he gets attacked 
you know, some guys try to steal his hubcaps and he's cutting off arms and stabbing guys through the head. There's a lot of adamantium claws through heads in this film. Oh, that, yeah. that, that was their go-to move. But like, <laughs> but essentially like then he's, he gets all shot up. He goes in a bathroom, you know, a gas station bathroom or whatever, and you just see him, like, push out the bullets, you know. But this time it is, like Jeremy's saying, going so slowly. And you can just tell he's just like, oh, again. And it's even more agonizing because for the other films to keep their PG-13, those shots of him pushing out the bolts were always done pretty far away. Very little mm-hmm. blood. No gore. Right. In this film, they had the camera just get up really close to the wound. And you just... And watch him just pop yeah. him out. And I just... No, it, it was very visceral to see. Yeah. Now the only thing I'll say, like he's he's giving it like these emoting to it. His his uh, accent to me seemed a little forced sometimes. So he almost seemed like he was going like old New York, you know, like I don't know, like some old old guy you, you'd meet on the street. Ah, I've been through it all. Let me tell you, what are you kids at? You know, like I don't know. It, did you guys feel that way, or did the accent feel on par for what he's been doing? I didn't yeah. pick up on anything no, real. You didn't notice it? Major, okay. no. N- nothing threw me off. I'm the first guy to complain about bad accents. On this occasion, nothing struck me as a miss. Yeah, like, it, it caught me a few times where I was able to look past it because I do feel like the, the performance is so on... He's, he's just on on his game with this, with this movie. Like, I think he's, this is probably what he should have been playing the whole time. An old Logan, not, you know, young, smart alecky Logan. Well, then again, uh, he kind of got to play both worlds in this movie. Yeah. Oh, let's, let's just start breaking down this plot. So he's taking care of Xavier. Caliban's helping him out. Whereas Caliban used to be hunting down the mutants. Now he's helping because there aren't many. We come to find out through, the movie that the government has been producing a corn crop that has a X-gene suppressant in it, and they've been feeding everyone it. Corn syrup. Mm-hmm. So all your sugary drinks, your foods, everything has this, so there aren't new X-gene mutant babies being born. For the past 25 years. For the past 25 years. So as all the other mutants have been dying off, or hunted down and killed by the government, then there's only a few of them left. And the only way you can get new mutants, <laughs> pun intended, yeah. is to create them in a lab. Which is where we meet Gabriella and Laura. And Gabriella, she hunts down Logan and says, Mr. Wolverine, I need your help. Okay, now this scene, he's he's he delivered, a, a, you know, his fare or whatever to a, to a funeral. So he's just waiting off on the side while this woman attends the funeral. And then this Gabriella character drives up in a taxi. Mr. Wolverine! Mr. Mr. Wolverine, I need to talk to you. You know, he's like, he's like, ah, get out of here. What are you doing? You know, but I just, it was the hilarious part to me is the opening shot of this, <laughs> of this funeral scene is you have Wolverine like drinking probably a beer, whatever he's got. And there is a strategically placed trash can right next to this tree. And he throws away his bottle. You would think that like a down and out kind of, you know, guy would not be so environmentally conscious, you know, break it against a tree, just chuck it over his shoulder. He's like, no, I'm going to daintily drop this into a, into a trash can. And I, I have to believe that was a studio note. Like, you know, somebody's like, oh, people aren't going to like this. Wolverine littering. They can't, they can't get behind the hero who litters, you know, like it just, that just, it 
jumped out at me. It was hilarious. He can maim people. He can disembowel <laughs> them. He can impale them, but he can't litter. Wolverine is green. Now, you and I were both looking at completely different things during this scene. Because <laughs> in the background, while he's standing up against the tree, you can clearly read certain headstones. One says Peters. Really? One says Rogers. I don't know if that was meant to be just little credits or Easter eggs or whatever. I've read on a couple sites they were talking about maybe that's referencing Evan Peters, Quicksilver. That's mm-hmm. a little bit of a stretch because that's the yeah. actor's name. Yeah. Rogers, Captain Steve, Steve Rogers. Rogers? Uh, that's a stretch. Yeah, because that's a rights, rights issue. issue. Yeah. But yeah. maybe that's putting it out there that the other heroes have died. There are no other heroes. Right. Which is, yeah, which is made very clear later. But like you said, so he meets her. He kind of says her get lost. And then he ends up, you know, he... Th- I you thought know, she was there to collect alimony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and then he goes he goes to get uh, some drugs, essentially. He goes, he goes to this hospital and meets this guy and kind of slips him some cash and then gets a, a you know a paper bag. He gets back in his, his limo. And now there's this, I don't know, this cocky looking guy with sunglasses and a metal hand, as we see. And it's a guy who uh, basically starts kind of, oh, the mighty Wolverine has fallen and he's a, he's a junkie. And he's just like picking on him. Like as soon as he gets in there, reveals himself to be a guy named Donald Pierce. And he thinks he's like a bounty hunter or something, but then well, he reveals. He's a, no. he's a reaver. Yeah. So you want to, you want to clarify what a reaver is from the comics and in this universe? I, I just know that they were part of the original story. I don't have much of a clarification on that. Yeah, I mean, the I mean old essentially Van Logan storyline, yeah. which this was a very loose adaptation. <laughs> Anybody yeah. who uh, who well, has, much like Civil War. Yeah, I mean, but but this is I would say this is even looser than Civil War. Yeah, yeah. there is no Governor Hulk for starters. <laughs> well, we don't yeah. have all the Hulk land and all that. Yeah, but yeah, for inbred Hulks and yeah, that, that was some crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah, Old Man Logan. I got three issues into it. And like with most Mark Miller stuff, it just got to a point for me where he's just like being, being, you know, kind of ridiculous. He's, he's, he's being offensive just to be offensive and like winking. Hey, I did this. Hey, I threw in this reference to a character, but you know, it, the, the one thing it does have for those who don't know is essentially Logan is old, married. It's a dystopian future where the villains rule the world. They finally won and took over. And uh, and he teams up with Hawkeye, who is now blind, to take a trip That's across so the desert. Twilight Zone, right there. Yeah. Oh, there clever. was time. There was time. And they got to deliver this mysterious package. It ends up being super soldier serum, and there's all these just like kind of betrayals and stuff that happen. Um, it's it's got kind of a cool end to it, but. Um, but yeah, so it's just like it's an interesting concept. Really, all they lifted from it is old man Logan. Logan is and old the in the dystopian movie. United States, and it's a road picture story. Yeah, yeah. And, later and there's a western element. Here. Those are pretty much the the core things that were lifted. Everything yeah. else, James Mangold and his writers just had their own creative going to town, and I think they did well considering right. the rights issues and everything. That, yeah. that they, yeah, they went the right way. Well, and they did a they did a mashup, right? Because they took that story. And then they took the story of the other character that we were just about to be introduced to. Laura no, Kinney, yeah. X-23. Yeah, X-23, yeah. <laughs> so and for those who don't know, so essentially, I mean, just to catch up where we are in the movie, like Jeremy was saying, they go 
uh, he gets a call for a fare to go to this hotel. He sees this girl, creepy girl outside bouncing a ball. It's like this rundown hotel. And then he sees that Gabriella woman. He's like, ah, oh, you again. You know, and then she like calls him in she, uh, to the room. He's like, look, look, no, no, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll do it. You know, we, you, you gotta do it. We'll give you, you know, $20,000. You'll get 30,000 later, all this stuff. And, uh, and then he finds out, you know, he thinks he sees she's injured. When did this happen? Oh, this morning. And then he sees these X-Men comic books on her nightstand. And he realizes, ah, this is why she thinks I'm this Wolverine superhero that can come save her and save this child. And she kind of explains a little bit that they're after the girl, but doesn't give much detail. She just, all we know at that point is that she took something away from them and they want right. it back. Yeah. So now re- refresh me here. Cause I'm actually blanking as to what happens here. Like I know Gabriella, you know, faints at a certain point, but he takes her into the room and that's where they have a little bit more of a conversation. But how does, cause he leaves Logan leaves the hotel without helping them. They say, we have to get to North Dakota to this place called Eden, you know, or, or basically that. She gave, yeah, yeah, she gave him a down payment of $20,000. He said, yeah. I have some other things I have to set in order. Taking care of Professor right. Xavier and Caliban. He needed to go and set them up to be okay while he's gone. Then That's he'd right. come back and get her. That's why he had to leave her, her presence. Yeah. So he ends up coming back and finding out she's dead. Gabrielle is dead. Somebody had broken in. So like he grabs the, the bag of money and it's got the coordinates on it for where they're meeting. And, the and he phone. finds the cell, and phone. the cell phone. Yeah. And heads back and he's like, crap, if they got to her, they're coming after me. So he right. decides to start packing things up and getting things in order there at the house. And he finds the trunk of his limousine open with some Caliban foreign finds stuff it in open. There. Yeah. <laughs> and Caliban's like Oh, there's who did you take this from? This is this is a mutant. And he's like, No, it's not. And in come the Reavers. And we get to see Wolvie pop his claws. Then we also learn how... It's a showdown that really lets you know this film is heading into Western territory. Oh, very much OK Corral. Yeah, Yeah. that's what I was about to say. Tombstone, yeah. Now, the one thing we have to go back just a little bit. Leading up to this point, like we said, Patrick Stewart is giving a fantastic performance. He gets to play so many levels of Professor Xavier throughout this film. I'm sure he loved it. Because he starts off by rambling incoherently. He's just like spouting like commercials and garbage. Then he gets drugged to sedate him so he doesn't have these you know, uh, these seizures that are hurting people. And then he's telling Logan, he's just like, oh, you're such a disappointment. And they start cussing at each other, you know, like they're just like, you know, basically Professor Xavier is trying to tell him like, look, you know, you've basically given up on life. You got to start, you know, and, you know, even Caliban tells him, look, I can tell that you're sick and you don't want to tell us about it. You know, all the, you know, all your, your strength is going, it's taking longer to heal, all that. And then when they get back and they discover the girl, then Professor Xavier's like, this is Laura. She's the one I've been telling you about. You I've know, been and, communicating with her long distance. Yeah. And, and so now we'll be like, You find out how that? good his Spanish is, too. Oh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she is Spanish. We'll yeah. find out. Yeah, she's Mexican. But, like, but what was so interesting is at that point, 
now Patrick Stewart is playing the wise old loving grandfather, right? And he's just like, oh, Lord, he's, he's trying to help her not get freaked out. They give her a bowl of cereal. And then when they see the Reavers go up, they're out there. And she's just there watching on a security camera, silently eating cereal, you know? And, but you can tell she's got this, like, kind of, like, glint in her eye, this kind of killer instinct. And you're like, okay, something's going to happen. Oh, very here. much. I was like, yeah. she has a plan, and it's not going to end well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so Logan is like facing off with Donald Pierce and the Reavers. So they're all these cybernetically enhanced, you know, uh, hired guns. But what I find so interesting. So they, they eventually like they send one guy in to go get Laura and that guy. I don't know if you guys thought you recognized him. But as I was watching that, I was like, wait a minute. Is that Randy Orton, the apex predator from the WWE? I don't know if you guys know Randy Orton, but he's not much of a fan here. I'm not terribly well-versed in the WWE. You got to go on YouTube and just type in Randy Orton out of nowhere. There are these hilarious like meme video things where he gets inserted doing this wrestling move on people in fail videos looking like he caused it. It is so funny. I'm starting to think anyway, that Marvel Properties has a good relationship with them because remember oh, Bonesaw? Yeah. <laughs> Spider yeah. Saw? Drax. Randy Savage. Oh, yeah. Rest in peace, Randy Saw Savage. Ready. No, but so I thought it was him, but then I looked at the credits and he wasn't in there. Then I pulled it up. It is actually a UFC fighter named Christoph Zosinski. Doesn't but, surprise uh, me. That's even crazier. Yeah, but, but I thought he he had such a good look. Like the character's name is Mohawk. I really thought he was gonna be like a major baddie, like Pierce's right hand man. Yeah, and then he gets until to the little girl bowls his head back to Pierce. <laughs> yeah, he, cool. he he looked like he was gonna be important, but. Uh... Let's just say he became Captain Phasma. Yeah. Yeah. But like but like you said, that's where kind of the Western element comes up, right? Because now she's the other gunslinger. She's the backup to Logan, you know, and you don't she rolls the body and then all the Reavers start shooting at her and Pierce is like, No, 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 no. She heals. <laughs> and then she starts jumping around like a cat, like disappearing into the building. And so at this point, that's where like they go in after her. She's just like, you know, got her. She has two claws, right? She has to have the three. And you start seeing the two claws in her hands coming out. She's killing dudes. Then the foot claw comes out and you're like, whoa, the people in my audience just started cracking up with like nervous laughter. Like, this is awesome. Yeah, they just They thought it was so cool. This little girl. And it was Really well done fight work, I felt like, in this movie. Considering like, how little she spoke in the film, the level of emoting that she had to do oh, was very yeah. impressive. In addition to the physical stunts, of course. they this was She was very well cast. Yeah, absolutely. She's just so intense, yeah, in every every look that she gives. Um, but I, I guess, like, if that, that, that actually led to my favorite, I felt like my favorite action sequence in the film, which is, they get in Logan's limo and he's going to ditch the girl. He just wants to save Professor X. And, and he just gets her and he's like, Where, where's Laura? What about Laura? Like, he just keeps repeating that over and over again. And finally, like, you know, Wolverine can't get out. He gets surrounded. Laura comes out again, kind of helps, you know, save the day and then ends up jumping through the, the sunroof. 
and they take off. And I just love this. Like you have a, you have a, a kind of a now beat up limousine flying through the desert and all the, all the, uh, the Reavers are on their cars and stuff. They got guns with like, you know, turrets or cars with like your know, tank turrets or something on them. It, it, it was get... such a powerful symbolism of the chaos of Logan's life that a flashy thing like a limousine could be turned into a battering ram. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then like at that point, like he, you think he's going to get through as a battering ram through this, like, it's this fence and he can't (laughs) so he he ends up using the fence as a weapon against the reaper driving the car around using the fence like an extension of the car and just uh, dragging them to and fro there's there's these two reavers on motorcycles you know like laura like stabs one in the eye with you know through the window you know but then there's this other guy that, that they knock off with the fence, but and I thought it, I thought he was like tied up in the barbed wire, but then I saw he, he's actually holding on on purpose and then firing a gun at them, you know. So, like, and then eventually they whip him around and you know, ram, ram him into a wall or a post or something. But and then they just make for these, they finally make it through, they go for the train tracks, and there's this train coming. And you're like, there's no way a limousine is gonna make it, but you know, and that they're just going, 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 and Pierce is like right up next to him and whatever. And then he he bolts across at the last second, and all the reavers have to stop, and then they look beyond, and it's like, you know, a hundred car you know, uh, train flying through. So they know they have time, but I just thought, I don't know. The intensity of that was just so fun. Like, uh, just, just pushing through, you know, kind of like, a it, like you would imagine it was a horseback, you know, chase, yeah. but it wasn't, it was, it was with automobiles, you know, and so I love just... that plot device of the train being used to give it oh, a yeah. start. Cause I haven't seen that. That's a call. That's a, device that's been used a couple times before but it's been forever since the last time I well, saw it well it's usually in westerns yeah <laughs> oh, uh, to be fair it was also used in the children's sports film Little Giants oh <laughs> but, yeah but, uh, but yeah it's a device I haven't seen in a long time and it was really well used they had just enough the way the camera was set up they gave you a really good view of them staring each other down from the other sides of the train and seeing this obstacle that had them so that they were so near and yet so far and just well, all of that was so visually well communicated well, obviously, Mangold loves trains because in the Wolverine, you'll recall, that's the most memorable the scene. Bullet right? train. The bullet yes. train fight. No complaints yeah. about that. <laughs> so, but yeah, but it, and now at that point, am I correct that, that is that where they, they pull off, like they go to Vegas, right? Is, is that where they went to Vegas? Like, they went to, that, it looked like Vegas. If you pay attention, yeah. it's Oklahoma City. Yeah. I don't oh, you're know right. why. You're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. they do say that eventually. Yeah. That yeah, there was an attack at that, Harris. And then no, there's no. also the the truck stop scene. Yes. Which, now, this is a real character building for Laura. Well, there's tells. that. And there's also the shade that Fox was throwing at Marvel in that. Tell with, us about it. Yes, okay, please. So, yeah. So the cashier looks like a very shabbily dressed Quicksilver in the MCU. Interesting. Um, it was specifically positioned in the trailers, and so many people were referencing, oh, that's Quicksilver, that's MCU Quicksilver who's dead. <laughs> I did not pick up on that at all. No, yeah, and it's not it, the same actor, though. No, no of course it's, not. Okay. It's a look-alike. It was probably a stunt double or somebody for him, but it was, that is interesting. it was a little bit of shade they were throwing, and yeah, we actually get to learn a little bit more about Laura and her personality in this. Yeah, because, I mean, we've seen the ferocity, right? At this point, that's really all we know about her. She's kind of creepy when she's quiet. She's... 
kill her when she's angry. And then now, like, they they just see her out, you know, in front of the gas station, you know, Quickie Mart, and she's riding one of those, you know, mechanical horses, you know, and she just seems at peace. Like, this is this is what I love, you know, and Logan and, and uh, Professor X are having well, a whole I mean, conversation. A kid, yeah. so. Well, that's you had to be reminded of that, though, right? Because you're like, wait a minute, we just saw something totally unexpected. Oh, wait, she's a child. She's getting she gets mad. She's about to to cut open the quarter, you know, uh, <laughs> thing and Wolverine's like no I got this one you know gives her a quarter and I don't know, know if, they did, if they did this on purpose but I felt like there was a little bit of a dual meaning when he puts the quarter in, say, quarter in and says one last ride right lots of illusion in this movie <laughs> now but the thing I love about that scene is then she goes in by herself and she's just wandering around obviously she's never been in a store really before on her own so she's just like grabbing Pringles she grabs an energy drink she sees some sunglasses and a really little kitty girly she puts those on she's just munching everything right there and the cashier Quicksilver apparently <laughs> is just watching her he's like uh, you know you have to pay for that right he's kind of looking around where's your mom and dad and then he tries to take it from her she flips him over she's about he pulls the claw out to get him wolverine grabs her not okay <laughs> and at this moment it's funny because i really thought wolverine was gonna be like sorry about that and then pay off no he steals some crap of his own and walks yeah, out the door cigars car yeah. chargers yeah. <laughs> the whole theater laughed at that because they really thought yeah. he was going to go full noble and no, he was still going to be. Not at this point. He's yeah. like, it's been, I've lived long enough. Now at this point, there is some great, great dialogue with, uh, uh, Professor X and Logan, because now they're driving down this Oklahoma highway. By the way, something very cool, just the little tip, you know, to tell you it's the future. There are drone semi trucks <laughs> transporting things on the highway. I was like, that was awesome. That made me excited. I was just, I mean, like, because I'm like, that's probably going to happen in like five years, you know, like we're going to start seeing that. But then they start kind of bickering, right? So we find out that uh, Professor, wait, so wait, no, no, actually, I, I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah, they're yeah. they're watching the videos and they're finding out that Laura and these other children were essentially grown in a petri dish, yeah. and they're made from former X Men mutants and just clones. And so Professor X is trying to preach to Logan. She's a lot more like you than you realize. <laughs> yeah, now what she's thing literally about... your daughter. Yeah. yeah, and you're just like, oh wow. You know, wasn't expecting that. The other part of it is that they, like you said, they're showing the videos that the nurse Gabriella took. And the thing I find funny is, like, I don't know, did she steal like official footage or is it supposed to be all footage she takes? Because she's like, this is what I'm about to show you is illegal. But some of that footage is kind of like, all right. Like at a certain point, like they they shut down the program and they showed that they had to, they were trying to kill all the children, but then the nurses were saving them. But like the camera gets like knocked down at some point. And you're like, was that her getting knocked down? Yeah, like, I don't understand. There's, there's some of that footage where it's like, you literally had to be on the other side of that door like holding your phone yeah um, and they would have seen it. See it yeah like, there's a lot of it that it's just i'll believe it just let it as, go. as a general rule for found footage stuff it, i'm always just saying geez that that found footage is always put in the most convenient places to give the audience just the best <laughs> possible perspective oh my goodness yeah. but it does so get the I point just, across yeah you know like you really realize you're like wow because like the, the head scientist this uh is his name xavier rice no, am i right Xander, with that one xander, xander rice, rice. Uh, 
that's right. The film, I don't know if the film was clear about this, but basically he has a grudge against mutants because when Wolverine escaped from Weapon X, he killed his father on the way right. out. Right. So Along so with everyone else. Oh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. But the nurses cared for these children, treating them like children, and he basically tells them they are, you know, think of them, you know, essentially as, you know, their devices, their property, you know, like, and so you're, you don't, you know, you cannot treat them like humans. And so when they decide to shut down the program and all that, and they're taking them out, the nurses are, are saving them, and that's what's happening. Now, uh, for those who don't know this about X-23, about Laura, like, she has a very interesting origin, which is, you know, they pulled some pieces of it here. Well, she's got about but, seven. <laughs> and of but the late, original, yeah, the, she, she has a Harley Quinn style deal because she was created for the X-Men Evolution cartoon series in 2003. She was a cartoon character first and they, they built her up exactly like your studio. She was Wolverine's DNA in that particular uh, deal. They were saying that she was, it was Hydra that created her. Cause Hydra was kind of like right. everywhere in any Marvel property. But, uh, but then it, what happened was in 2004, just a year later, then she did get introduced into the Marvel universe proper in the series called NYX. But that was kind of weird because like in that scenario, she was like a prostitute and she's like, it was about homeless mutants in New York is what that series was about. And so mm. they kind of like retcon all that later where they talk like they did a mini series of her origin and they talk a little bit differently where they say that the scientist that created her, which is kind of what Gabriella is actually got punished by having to carry her to term basically the you know the xander rice guy said fine you know we're going through with this project you're going to be the mother and then at that point like you know she was born trained to be an assassin all this stuff but she gets captured by shield but then eventually re uh, released by captain america daredevil but she's so psychologically damaged she can't handle being in the world so that's why they say the NYX series, she was homeless and became a prostitute because she just doesn't know how to survive in the world, you know? And then that has changed, you know, over years and years. And now she's an actual X-Men. She's taken on the name Wolverine in the Marvel Universe. Right. So the it's just really new... interesting how she's evolved. Yeah, the all-new Wolverine. So... But I, I thought it was pretty cool how they grafted in some essential elements of that into this story and revealing that at this moment. I thought yeah. that was pretty cool. And there was also the recent series where there were the the Laura clones, essentially. They made multiples of her, and now Wolverine had, like, a whole family, like, a tribe oh, of Laura's. No. Like, three or four <laughs> of them. In his case, a litter? Yes, a litter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now, so, so yeah, so, but anyway, so they, they, they watch the videos. They're in Oklahoma city at a casino hotel. And at that point, like they find out that, you know, essentially they're, they're being tracked. Logan goes to, to trade in the limousine, which is totally beat up, which is pretty hilarious when he pulls up at the <laughs> uh, one note about the being tracked. They were made yeah. to believe that, uh, Rice had, mur or I'm sorry, Pierce had murdered Caliban, right. but in reality, he had co-opted him to use him to track them. Yes. Correct, correct. And then, so Logan goes and buys a truck uh, to for them to get around in that'll work. And then when he gets back to the hotel, all of a sudden, you see that 
the effect that we've seen before with Professor X having a seizure goes off. And now everybody's just like cringing, but they're kind of frozen in time. And I thought it was a very wise decision on on the cinematographer's part to make it so shaky and blurry because they had so many extras freezing you know <laughs> that the blurriness they didn't have to actually be totally still so i was like very clever good idea and, there, and also know? important to know yeah professor x still has his powers but he clearly does not have proper control over them he, right. he's, he's not making people freeze proper like they used to he's making a very chaotic freezing that's borderline uh, brain crushing. Right, because at this point, the U.S. government has labeled him a weapon of mass destruction. Right, which is pretty awesome. And, and, and long before <laughs> they even... just Chuck Norris. Now it's <laughs> right. Professor X. <laughs> and, and it's interesting because long before they even announced he was going to be in this movie, that was something I used to kind of wonder about. Because I was told as a kid that when you get older, you just start letting things go out of your brain. Uh, my parents always said, always make sure that uh, you don't like uh, engage in bad behavior of any kind because when you get older, you're going to be talking about it without even realizing it. You just never know oh, if wow. you're going to say something that will embarrass yourself. Well, I remember one time just kind of thinking about Professor X. And I know sometimes I just randomly <laughs> have these thought experiments. Yeah. You know, and I'm just like, wow, what would it be like if somebody of his power caliber had alzheimer's or something and they had this extraordinary power and were completely unable to harness it because yeah. of that and just how dangerous would that be in this film is like a, my thought experiment come to life like wow he's he and everybody around him is in really deep trouble because of his situation well and let's just dive into how deadly he is they keep referencing the westchester incident yeah. and there were over 600 injured seven dead including some x-men which means he had one of these seizure episodes and it went to the point of killing even the x-men that were around him at that point of time now i will tell you that yeah. i did not catch on to that i did a little reading after the fact and then i was like oh is that what they were getting at because i didn't really understand that news report that was being played i thought that because later on he says you know uh, this is the best night's sleep I've had in a long time, but I don't deserve it, do I? Because I did a, such a terrible thing. And I was so confused because I thought, again, I haven't seen Apocalypse, but I know there's like this big, like, you know, uh, attack on the mansion and people are dying and stuff. And I thought it was somehow a reference to that continuity, no, even no, though it no. was an alternate reality. And so I was like, wait a minute, because I know, like, you know, spoiler alert, uh, Havoc dies, supposedly. Uh, in, in a couple other things. So I was just like, oh, okay. But now, yeah, like realizing that that's what happened, uh, that, that one of his episodes killed a whole bunch of people. Like, that's crazy. Like, yeah. So it's not his fault, but unless he wasn't yeah. taking his medication. So maybe it was his fault. Yeah. But I don't know if it was the yourself? first episode that he had of it, but yeah. So he had this episode, they died, and that's why Wolverine took him out away from people, out to, down to Mexico. Mm -hmm. Really just kind of put it so if he has one of these for not taking medicine or getting medicine to him takes too long. It's a very limited area that will be affected. Now, this incident, there was a, there is a deleted scene of the incident. Oh, really? Yeah. They said they That's cut cool. it for time and pacing, but they oh, yeah. filmed the incident where he kills some of the X-Men. Oh, I'm going to look forward to the Blu-ray now. Did they yeah. get any of the original actors to participate I, in the scene? We don't know. Okay. We don't know. Because that's, I'm being picky here, but I could have just, 
I don't know. There's just because a big part of the thread of the entire series, for me personally, was Wolverine, despite being this animal, developing a sort of attachment to Doctor Jean Grey. Right. And I would, and I could have even if, even if it was just a few casual mentions of her directly, you know, of him missing her or something like that. I kind of felt sad that we didn't get much of that. I'm wondering if this deleted scene is going to show her being one of the people driven away by this incident. Maybe. Um, but. The point of this incident is kind of the opposite side of what happened in the original Old Man Logan story. Right. Because in the Old Man Logan story, Mysterio comes into the mansion and messes with Logan's mind and veils it and makes it look like all these bad guys are attacking and Wolverine just rages on and slaughters all of them. Because he thinks he's protecting the X-Men, and right. when the illusion falls, turns out he killed some X-Men. Killed them all. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, now let me tell you this. This was the one place where I felt like Joker this does movie to Superman and Injustice failed. Right. Like, this movie, I know that pretty much they can't not show the claws for an hour and a half or something, but Jaws that rule. was that, that was the <laughs> thing at Old Man Logan that was such, like, that you know, it was like driving through the plot, you know, it's like he's not going to pop his claws. There was an incident. He's never going to let the claws out again. And, that, and this we get it in the first like 30 seconds. And I think know? that and was, was like, wise oh. because they already tried that with the Wolverine. He was like, right. I'm not going to go back to battle ever again. I swore a vow after I killed Jean Grey. I'm not going to do that again. Yeah, it I would think be, they burned that bridge. It already. would be redundant if they did that again. It's too bad they used it because it would have fit better here. Yeah. But like and it would have maybe up the need like when X-23 is, you know, when Laura's out there helping, you know, it would have maybe made a little bit more sense, you know. He was pretty reluctant to pop his claws then. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, they played it as, as slow as they needed. Like, we needed that action Uh, scene in the beginning to be, this is Wolverine, and this is the state he's in. Like, even when he popped his claws... He's having trouble popping one of the claws out. Yeah, you notice that. Yeah, it's like sometimes they come halfway out. Sometimes, yeah, yeah it's like it's not really, the system's not working so well anymore, you know? So but, it, it gives us a lot more in-depth as to the current state he's in and also the rest of the story. So I, I'm, I'm fine with that. Call your doctor if your claws stay out for more than four hours. Yeah. <laughs> well, let, let's power through this then. So at this point, now Wolverine is fighting his way through the Professor X wave of psychic energy through the casino, knocking people over, just trying to push through. As he gets closer, he goes up. You know, obviously the elevator is not human. It's not affected. That's working fine. And he can get up through. But then he sees all these Reavers in the hallway, like on their way. You know, Most of them are in the room, but there's one in the hallway. So now, you know, he he's fighting his way. He's using like an X3 like he did with the ceiling when all that fight between Professor yeah. X and Gene was happening. He's using his claws to pull himself through the wall, you know, you know, by the walls. And then he sees this guy, the Reaver, at the door, and he can't move, but he can move his eyes, and you just see the fear in his eyes. <laughs> He's like, oh, crap. <laughs> That's, I, I remember watching that and just thinking, this is the greatest, slowest action sequence ever. 
<laughs> and that's what it is. It's like as he gets closer and closer, he's moving slower and slower, but he still has more claws popping through heads and through hearts of Reavers. So, you know, you lose another five or six of them in this scene. And then Laura, again, she has the healing you know, factor, too. So she's crawling along the floor trying because there's two Reavers with guns pointed at Professor X's head, but they're frozen. And finally, like, you know. Logan manages to get up there. Does Laura, does she do anything to them or is it Logan for everybody? I think she helps, but she goes for the syringe. Right. That's right. She gives him the medicine to, to sedate professor X and then all the bodies fall. And then they and get out of there. They finish <laughs> and, off and the other guys. And this fight revealed <laughs> yeah. something else that had degraded about professor X's powers in this other films when he'd freeze everybody. For them, they didn't even know they'd been frozen. Time That's froze for them. Yeah. But clearly here, he's not able to quite do that. People are aware that they're all being frozen in place, and they're conscious of the right. moment. And, and uh, you know, that's uh, that adds another level of tragedy to the degradation of his powers. Yeah, absolutely. So and, that and, they and, take one, and once the incident is over, you see a bunch of people strewn out on the ground all over the place. <laughs> oh, yeah. So the cars crashed out front. Not, I mean, not it's, only it's are a, they aware, they're traumatized. Oh, yeah. But the, they, they take off and they, you know, they, they head for the highway again. And back to where I was mentioning before, this is where Logan and, and, uh, and Professor X start just kind of bickering with each other. Basically, you know, they're just kind of arguing about, you know, what, what we have to do next and what the next steps are. And I just love, you know, at a certain point, you know, Logan's like, oh, yeah, because I'm such a disappointment, you know, and Professor X is like, you know, and, and then basically Logan says, look, no, take take your medicine, take your medicine. You know, he's, he tells Laura to give him two pills and he gives it to him. He's like, I want to see him. I want to see him. You know, ah! you know he just like, <laughs> like a little kid. Up. That seems so authentic to yep. me. Like that, just like an old kind of slightly, you know, adult person. It's just like, I've had enough. 29 yeah. years and you believe yeah. it. But, but yeah. Yeah, and then, you know, they're talking about, you know, I was like, why did you do this? So I did what I had to do to, to protect Laura, you know, so Professor X felt justified, you know. Uh, we have a mutant in this car, you know, do you understand what that means? You know, he's basically telling him, he's like, and you have no, you have no feeling about that at all. And Logan's like, no, no, I have no feeling, you know, try to be Mr. Tough Guy then. So there's a, one of those drone semi-trucks crashes they, into yeah, a they horse pretty much run a couple cars off the road you've got logan weaving and bobbing the car trying not to hit the other semis horses get out from the the truck that's run off the road and logan's like that, that all happened so quickly what <clears throat> made them go off the road and the horses break out just a semi like yeah went let's, off. let's okay. just say driver and driverless car <laughs> like there's going to be errors and it's typically human okay so a lot happened it's and... all your fault google you freaking <laughs> driverless cars and uh yeah so now there are horses running all over cars are still going by semis are still going by they're like uh should we help and logan says no <laughs> logan says no and he's like somebody will come along professor x Somebody has, and so he's which like, I think is fine. great, by the way, very poignant. Yeah, <laughs> like that. That that that's really something. That that's something to take away with you from this film, mm-hmm. right? It's like you don't have to be the superhero. Like you literally, if you see something going wrong, you can help. You know, it's like 
don't wait for the next person, you know? So anyway, I just, I, that, that one did stick out to me a lot. I was like, that's, that was a great moment. And oh, then, but yeah, there's, Jerry, there's go so up. much that I didn't like because as soon as, <laughs> oh, geez. So Logan gets out of the truck to offer to help and Professor X uses his power and gets all the horses to come back to the trailer. I did not know this was possible that he had control over. <laughs> He's a horse uh, whisperer. Yeah, that's what I was about yeah, to say. I'm over like, animals, he channeled not his just inner humans. Robert Redford and just got them all to go back. <laughs> but it leads to, uh, you know, a section of the film that I really thought was going to derail this movie. Like I literally thought at first, oh, they helped him. They're going to get on their way. Then they get invited to dinner by this farmer family. I was afraid this was going to go off the rails. As it really soon felt as they that. invited him, I'm like, this family is dead. Like, well, and you, and you, it's too dangerous. They should know better than to do it. But Professor X is like, we would be delighted. You know, he's like so excited to just do something normal. And, and I, I think that's. Yeah. He wanted some human contact with people yeah, who yeah. weren't going to make him show off his medicine on his tongue. <laughs> so they go back, they have dinner. There's funny, you know, this little girl raised in a lab has no table etiquette. You know, she's just stuffing food in her face, you know. But like, that's where at this moment, these actors, Eric LaSalle, some people might remember him. He was on ER for years. That's where I know him from. But um, but these this family, like they're just so lovable and they're so real, like they feel mm -hmm. real, like they're making jokes. You know, there's this whole thing, you know, about, uh, you know, maybe I should quit school. The kid, you know, it's just there's all these things they're saying. And then and even it's so admirable Logan, that like, they've so. kept normalcy in this dystopian southwestern United States area, you know? Yeah, we should mention. I just thought it was interesting casting. It's something you would not expect. But they were, they were African-American farmers in Oklahoma. Like it was just an interesting bit of casting I thought worked really well. Um, and, and, and I'm glad they didn't make a big deal out of that. They were they just yeah, acted exactly. like it was the most normal thing in the world to be that way. And the studio wasn't trying to make any type of statement off of that. And I thought that was, you know, admirable. Right. The farming, I didn't see any issues with. It didn't strike me as anything out of the norm. It was once the kids started talking about the trophies with Laura. Mm -hmm. That's where I was like, that's unique. Yeah, that he's a rodeo kid, basically. It's a rodeo kid. Yeah. He's not very good, but I got a lot of second and third place trophies. Uh, I mean... I got a little bit lost with their conflict with their neighbors. What exactly happened with the water line? So, yeah, this is interesting. Go ahead, Jeremy. All right, so the property that he's on was owned by a previous land owner and so there's an easement of water going between the two well the old property owner is no more and it's been taken over by a big company guy so they, they went and sabotaged the water main to spite him yeah so they do that and they'll they'll sabotage the water line more or less as with most of these water related issues in westerns mm -hmm. somebody poisoned our water hole yeah. it's trying to chase them off the property i see get them out of there okay now i get the illusion i wasn't entirely sure what was going on there i'm just like he was actually trying to bully him out of there that's okay. exactly I, I didn't know that was his end game yeah yeah and so so they but they what's interesting is so they uh, basically they explained like this happens sometimes there's some rough customers and professor x offers logan he's like my you know my they're posing as father and son and daughter you know so he's like you know yeah, my son will help you out so logan says well i gotta I got to put my dad to bed first, then I'll come with you. And then that's when another just kind of moment, you know, where Professor X is like, Logan, this is what normal feels like a home, people you care about, you know, just like take it in. And Logan's like, yeah, 
you know, I was already so I was already like moved enough to see Logan carrying him up the stairs to the bed. He had to yeah. end that scene by saying that, and I just I was losing it, you know, emotionally. Yeah, yeah. it was a good, a poignant moment, kind of mm-hmm. like you know, they're, they're, we keep getting those, you know, along yeah. the way, and then yeah, but then they go out to the the water pump they're fixing it together you know logan takes off the shirt he's got his his classic wife beater on again you know mm-hmm. <laughs> got the white tank top and, and that's when the dad calls him out and he's like i know you guys are mutants like <laughs> finally i've met you like i've heard rumors there are some out there still but i know and so they have a little actual conversation there yeah. get some interpersonal mm-hmm. stuff and yeah. then the bad guys roll up and yeah. start yeah. causing trouble wolverine's like this is the part where you get back in the truck and quit being <laughs> dead so wolverine chases them off and i'm like oh this is not gonna end well for this family yeah they are all gonna die Bad news, yeah. Oh, so they get back to the house, and stuff has gone down. The Reavers showed up. There's a there's a Wolverine clone. Well, that, that's the thing. The scene started as such a misdirect. Where it yeah, seemed, it, right. It, it is made to look like Logan got exactly. home. Exactly. And it's just upstairs. dark, because he's just in the shadows. Yeah, yeah. He, he got upstairs, and Charles starts talking, and Charles gives this big, beautiful soliloquy about how wonderful life is, and then all of a sudden it ends with him getting a knife in the chest. And I'm just like... Yeah, now, the claws right uh, through the uh, heart. Because yeah. of his powers, I'm thinking he did sense the same Logan in there, like more of the brutal side of Logan, mm-hmm. which, I mean, the dude's a clone. I mean, he looks mm-hmm. just like him. So yeah. there's bound to be some mental wiring that's similar. Yeah. So it was close enough of a clone that it even confused the most powerful brain on the planet. Mm-hmm. And... He, said he, he said it was a nonagenarian, so he's in his yeah, 90s. No, I have to tell you, this caught me off guard. I did not see this coming at all. Yeah. Like, like, they alluded to it ever so briefly, I believe, in the video on the cell phone that, like, oh, and they started creating you know, the next generation of, you know, after Laura, you know, yeah. and whatever. But I didn't think it was going to lead to anything. And then this guy shows up, he's got, he's got the black tank top on, you know, and he, he looks like, t- you know, check me if I'm wrong here, but he looks like the Lee Shriver saber tooth from origins doesn't he he had like a Hugh little Jack bit of that look that yeah. I, at first i didn't even believe it was logan at all i didn't even believe it was hugh jackman i i because yeah, it was, it was right? dark enough and the behavior was bad enough i and was he has like kind of a buzzed haircut yeah. you know but, so but then like when he, his face got a little more lit up i'm like oh my gosh is, is this that soulless thing that they were building in the lab that the, gabriella was describing in the oh, video yeah. and i was like oh, and the pieces came together and and i admit i'm a little bit naive i had hope that Logan and company were going to be forced to leave in a quick blaze of glory. Yeah. My mind just had walled off the possibility that this family would be yet another example of everybody Wolverine gets close to just ends just up being... Just dies. Yeah. yeah. Brutally. And, oh, that poor boy. And they put up a fight, but they do yeah. not win. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Like, you, and so... You get to care for the boy who got the rodeo trophies, and that shot of him laying on the ground is just heartbreaking. Oh, yeah. yeah, and then, so at this point, you know, then uh, Logan does, you know, obviously get home. He he goes into the house, you thinking, again, like, the, the father and Logan show up. They think everything's okay. And then all of a sudden, you know, Logan just kind of passes himself coming down the stairs. And he's like, wait, what? You know, like, like literal <laughs> double take. Uh, the thing just like stares him down. This X-24. Laura out. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's like crazy shackles. Yeah. And then at that point, you know, he runs upstairs again. It's not in his mind. It's his supposedly his daughter, right? You know, genetic right. daughter. He does not care about Laura. He cares about Professor X. He runs upstairs. 
finds him. He's not dead yet. You know, so he grabs him, brings him downstairs, puts him in the truck. Again, he's just going to take off. He's just like, look, all that matters is Charles. You know, I got it. I just got to go and get out with him. And then we get, you know this death scene, you know, Patrick Stewart giving us the the final moments of Xavier in this timeline, in this reality. I don't know. I, it was, it was, it was nice. It wasn't anything for me until later. Cause there, there's a big, there's a, you know, he, he dies, Logan puts him in the bed of the truck and then he has a battle where he's fighting, you know, uh, well, <laughs> basically he's fighting while himself. he's putting, yeah. yeah, he's fighting himself. But what happens is those, those uh the bullies from the water come in and they're they're back with more reinforcements they're gonna fight they you know, mistake the clone for logan and they try to, to hire him and <laughs> it does not yeah no it's the worst business transaction since enron i'll put it that way right so he just like tosses laura and the clone is just killing all these guys and then logan finally you know sees what's happening hears laura screaming and then so like he starts fighting himself and then meanwhile caliban is in the truck because they had him tracking you know pierce is in there with him and caliban basically uh gets his revenge because earlier in the film to get him to cooperate pierce had pulled away this tarp and been burning his skin with sunlight and he said you know beware the light you know it's probably something your mama told you all the time you know and then at Ironic that point yeah yeah and so there you go now caliban gets two grenades and just says beware the light you know <laughs> and then and takes himself blow. out in the process yeah, yeah. And it's, and it's even more sad because the guy he was trying to get rid of, Pierce, ends up still surviving anyway. Yeah, it jumps out downer. at the last second. Yeah. But then wow. so Logan is fighting the clone, but the clone is the younger version of himself. So he can't beat it like they're they're just stabbing each other like it all all sorts of places. But he's just not winning. And then finally, the I thought it was Professor X. But like this truck comes barreling out from the house and impales the clone onto this. uh, I don't even know what it was, like a steel girder or something that had fallen. It had a pointy piece on it. That's all you needed to know. And, And so he's impaled on there. He's just stuck. He's not dead, but he's stuck. And then it turns out it's Eric LaSalle, the dad. And he comes stumbling out, and he he does shoot him in the head, right, with the shotgun, the the clone, the, the clone, yes, yeah. And then he yeah. tries to shoot Logan because now it's basically and now like, he's out. You brought this yeah. on me, yeah. You killed- I, 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 and I love that they did that strictly visually. He didn't say you brought this on us. His face said you brought this craziness on us. Yeah, kind of half can't blame him. Like the dad, he's a dad. The dad had been run through better. earlier yeah. by the clone, so I mean he was on his last legs, as it were. Yeah, but like. And Logan did know better. That's the thing. Logan did not want to stop. And there was a reason, you know, I'm sure he knew what, what the kind of stuff that was coming, oh, yeah. you know, uh, but Professor X just insisted. So anyway, at that point, I forget what happens to Pierce. He just like disappears, I guess. I don't know. Cause then Logan grabs Laura and he, and he gets in the truck and she sees Professor X dead in the bed of the truck and she starts freaking out. And that was for me 
where it hit. That's where the emotion was. Cause this little girl who never, never had, you know, had one other person who loved her. She's dead. Now she had this grandfather figure who had just been so sweet and gentle with her. Now he's dead. And she's like still the shackles freaking out, you know, trying, you know, she just can't express herself. Logan finally like says, like, calm down, you know, stay still and cuts her loose. But then you just kind of have this sad moment, right? Now we get to a burial scene for Xavier you know, and Logan's trying to basically eulogize him and he can't get the words out. Yeah. All he can say is at least there's water, you know, and like he just keeps choking on it and runs over to the truck and starts trying bashing to get the, the truck. truck. Yeah, that just passes out. The truck <laughs> won't start, so he's bashing yeah. the truck and And then Laura sees a truck, a fisherman across the lake who's just pulled up and he takes off. So she's like, ah, truck. And next thing you know, Logan's waking up in a doctor's office, small town doctor's office. And this, it's really interesting. Again, like was said, you know, like Eric LaSalle's character and now Mm -hmm. this doctor, people have accepted that there were mutants in society Mm -hmm. and they're more fascinated than fearful now. Right. Because that's what the doctor says. I always wanted to meet one of you. You know, I I knew you were different and I, it's tells him like Logan's just the, the doctor was a fan of Wolverine specifically yeah which was pretty yeah. cool um I, I one last thing about Professor Xavier as we move on from him is what really got me at the end was you know he gets the knife in the chest and he genuinely thinks his student killed him what do you guys think do you think the film pulled its punch by inserting that shot of Wolverine coming in and saying that wasn't me that wasn't me that wasn't me because I I wondered I didn't even it, notice it, that he said that yeah no, he did. That, that was the first thing out of his mouth when he ran oh, wow. up the stairs huh it pulled an emotional punch a little bit do you think to me it didn't impact it because like to me i wasn't even paying attention to what he was saying i just knew what was happening in that moment he's like he's still alive i can do something like that that would have been just that would have made it just almost unbearable for professor x to die thinking that wolverine killed him right and i think that was justified for the audience to have him come up and try to make it known that it was not him he would not do that to him yeah can i say though Professor X's last words were didn't he say like the sun sphere this like no, the sunsetter the sunsetter sun that's the boat that Wolverine kept telling him about that he was going to buy and we're going to go out on the ocean yeah okay yeah that dream I <laughs> considering yeah, the circumstances I, I, I can't blame him for having that pie right. in the sky dream um but I just it, the, the reason why it would have been so powerful is because X-Men The Last Stand. I know that's a flawed film. It ended Love with it. him having... Love it. Still my favorite. Uh, well, I, 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 <laughs> I think that it's a little bit underrated myself, in my opinion. A lot of people, they like hate <laughs> on that film. I actually kind of enjoyed it. it. It's not perfect, in my opinion. I think the Phoenix Saga could have used a little more... Uh, you know, well, that's for sure. Off, but, off yeah, the back burner. But I digress. Anyways, <laughs> the film ended with him, spoiler alert, giving a mercy killing to Jean Grey. Right. And I'm just thinking, you know, they could have used some of that dynamic here because all this time, Professor X has not only been a danger to the world, but he's been miserably suffering and slowly dying. It shows you how much Wolverine has changed, that he has not given him a mercy killing of any kind. Well, Mm -hmm. that's also the Uh, relationship he had with him. Yeah. Like, he couldn't bear to do it himself. Yeah. He was waiting for him to go naturally. Yeah. And I just, I feel like it kind of pulled punches a little bit that he didn't do it himself as the continuity would have you think that he would. And Professor X was made to believe that he had. You know what I mean? I just... I well, but like I think the I think studio Professor pulled the punch was, a little bit on that, you know? He was Logan's only tie to the past and to a mm-hmm. family he did have. The only time he was ever part of something 
that he felt, you know, again, that, that he actually loved these people. He loved Gene, you know, all the, you know, he, he had a, a, an affection for rogue, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think he did care for all those, those people in that world. And I, and I think that's why he's like, I, you know, it's, it's selfish almost in a way that he didn't kind of give him a mercy killing and so because he was a danger to the world and everything like we said, but I think he just couldn't bear to let that go. This last connection essentially to goodness, to hope, to all of those things that professor X is this great teacher that lifted him up right. out of his yeah. own personal abyss. Yeah. Which you know, he said, you know, when you came to me, you were an animal, you know, <laughs> like he tells him all those things to remind him, you know, but, um, so, but yeah, so at this point now, you know, Laura has gotten, did we find out Laura got him to the doctor? He's taken off. He's like, I'm not sticking around here. Um, and the doctor basically tells him, you know, he's like, you, you, you at least need to get some tests. There's something very wrong with you. You're something's killing you. You know, you got to find out what it is. And he's like, I know what it is, you know? And so you're like, oh, okay. So he's been aware of it this whole time. Just like, you know, uh, Caliban had kind of alluded to, but now this is, I love this moment because now it's, it is about the future, right? It's like, okay, here he is with Laura. It's just him and Laura now. Yeah. Yeah. And she, the, we mentioned the comics briefly uh, earlier, but by the way, like the comics actually got Joe Quesada, who's, you know, the uh, Marvel uh, editor in chief for many years. And I, you know, famous comic book artist to do the, the interior art. And, uh, but so like the X-Men comic books, he had called her out when they were at the, the big or the Oklahoma hotel, you know, like this is garbage, you know, some of this stuff happened, but not the way they've written it. But and like a quarter of it happened. He said, yeah, yeah a quarter and of, none of it like that. <laughs> and by the way, the art in that is not the traditional, even in the, the artwork, they would not give us the traditional Wolverine costume. I'm still mad about that. You couldn't have just drawn him like he is. Come on. You know, like the whole through line was that Laura and Gabriella believe there was this place called Eden because in the comic book, it shows Eden, you know, that was this place, this home, you know, essentially this haven for mutants. And it's even got GPS go. coordinates and everything. All those Latitude things. Latitude and longitude. Yeah. Right. And so all of this was found in the comic book and Wolverine is super skeptical because he's like, there's not going to be anything there and they fight and they bicker about it and she and keeps she rattling him in the off. Face, yeah, which she is punches awesome. him in the face. Like, gets his attention. She's just like, he's like, don't hit me! <laughs> and this whole time, she's not saying much at all. And it's finally at this point, she says something in Spanish to him and he's like, you can talk? This whole time you can talk? And she just keeps <laughs> rattling off little Spanish lines at him. And then she's only saying like six or seven names. And it's her classmates that she was raised with. Right. Who all in the and lab. Gabriella said they all escaped, but she doesn't know if they made it. Right. Or, you know. So this coordinate was the place that they all planned to gather at a certain point in time. Mm-hmm. And if they weren't there, they were going to leave. Yeah. So no, the one thing I have to mention is this list of names. They're all normal names. It's like Delilah and all these different names, except for Richter. Jordan. And, and, yeah, and, and Richter is, a, as soon as I heard that name, I was like, I know that name. Did they actually like, name him Richter or was it yeah. Rico? There was someone named Richter. Yeah, oh, okay. Richter. R-I-C-T-O-R. Yeah. And he was a 90s action figure. He was a minor character in the comics, you know, but he got an action figure in the Toy Biz 90s series. And his action feature was you would turn this dial on his back and he would vibrate. 
because he moves the earth. You know? yeah, he causes earthquakes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, so he's, just cracks, he's kind yeah. of like Daisy Johnson a little bit. Quake. Quake. <laughs> so that was Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. tie. Yeah. Um, Wrong in, universe. In, in, Inhumans are basically the new X-Men because Marvel <clears throat> right. Studios doesn't have the X-Men proper. Yeah. At this point, he's finally, they, they're arguing in the car and he's like, fine, I'll take you. Just to prove you wrong. Right, just to prove you wrong. Because he doesn't have anywhere else to go. Right. Nothing pressing to do other than die. (laughs) I mean, he's making the drive, and he's falling asleep from exhaustion and near death. And so she's like, rest. So they pull off. She lets him fall asleep, gets out, walks around, drives the car the rest of the way. (laughs) She's what, 12? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Nobody pulled them over, <laughs> which is uh, something. Well, and then he future. wakes yeah. up again. So he's passed out. He wakes up again. And now he's in the middle of like this, like, you know, this cliff face. You know, he's just like, where am I? You know, he's like stumbling around. Then he hears, you know, hang a key, hang a key, you know. <laughs> And so she's yelling at him from the top of the cliff and, and he's like, what in the world? And he sees this shack right on top and there's like, there's a shelter. He's like, what is this? And then again, like he passes out again because he's like, Eden exists. I don't know if it's exhaustion or disbelief. You know, he's just like, oh, uh, meeting the other kids there, though, put the poignant thought in my mind of their goal was either find Eden or get together at that spot and make one of their own. So I was I'm like, sure, yeah. I was like, that's a beautiful sentiment in its own way. It's like on South Park, you know? Don't just try to find heaven, try to create it. He finally comes to, and they've been treating him with the medications that they were taking in the labs. Transigen is the name of the company? Something like that? Alkali Transigen. I see. And it it enhances your mutant ability, essentially, right? Well, it it helps them recover, because the kids would say, after battles and sparring, you take this to recover and to heal up quicker and become stronger. So they've been treating him with it, and so he's actually been healing. Mm -hmm. because it's reactivated and re-energized his healing factor and so he's back almost to where we saw him at the beginning of the movie yeah like finally there is a funny moment in this and that of just kids being kids because yes they're all you know but that he's sleeping and they they all are clipping his beard you just see like one set of sh- of shears come in and then more and more and more finally five at once that's that's masterful filmmaking when you can insert something that funny and have it not ruin the overall tone of the yeah because it was sincere right, right? Yeah. yeah well there's they, that. They wanted him to be the Wolverine again, so they snipped his beard that way. Well, they trimmed him down to match the old man Logan facial exactly. features. That, they gave it to us, yeah, the visual. yeah. Rather than just the, the normal the crazy full beard, beard yeah. they trimmed him up to make him look like the, the comic <laughs> counterpart. So, I mean, it was a comedic take That's on not why, funny. why yeah. he looks that way. <laughs> and the children were giggling, and it just it was infectious. Yeah. So, at this point, he's back up and running around, and... And the kids start filling in the blanks as to why they were meeting here, what the timetable is, and what their plan is. They're leaving the U.S. and going to Canada, eight miles away, seeking asylum because Canada doesn't have anti-mutant suppressants in their foods, anything like that. They're just leaving the U.S. And I don't know if this is a coincidence or, or if it was the intent of the filmmakers, but it's kind of poetic that Wolverine's journey pretty much started in Canada... Right. And now here he is ending his journey. Oh, you're right. I didn't even put that together. Yeah. What do you think 
Adam, is that a coincidence? Or you think the filmmakers did that on purpose? Yeah, uh, that's got to be. Yeah, bringing that's it full be circle. Bringing the yeah. yeah. Now the one thing that I love about this then is so so you know he hears their plan, he knows what's going on. And then we get the exoneration of the magic adamantium memory loss bullet from X-Men Origins Wolverine, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. People just remember that. Okay, he gets a bullet in his brain. He, all he does is is forget a few things, you know? In this situation now, he's got this bullet, right? And it's an adamantium bullet. And Laura finds it. It's just the two of them while he's still kind of recovering. And she's like, what is this, you know? And he tells her. And basically, finally, she's like, what are you going to do with it? And then he says, well, you know, the truth is I was thinking about shooting myself with it. Right, because he's having a genuine moment here. He was just going to talk around it. And it's like, well, yeah, protection or... And then he yeah. finally just was like, here you go, kid. It's the one thing that can kill us. Yeah. And I was going to use it on myself. Yeah, which is pretty, yeah, pretty, you know, intense, you know. It's and a then, sobering thought. Yeah. It is, yeah. Then he goes on, basically, he's kind of explaining you know that he's not going with them he's just gonna let them do their their thing and basically his line is bad things happen to people i care about and then laura says then i guess i'll be fine oh and you're like wow that's cold yeah because she's just been pining for this father the whole time and there was even the miss the moment where he rejected her that we didn't mention at xavier's funeral when he's burying him and there's a moment of uh you know like basically she's reaching for his hand and he pulls it away because he's so upset and again he hasn't accepted her all he cares about is xavier He's not he's emotionally too, He's too busy ready. mourning the loss right. of his own father to be a father to somebody else. Yeah. Which is, yeah, so it's just, it's so intense. And then again, now he goes to sleep, he wakes up, the kids are gone. And they, they've made their way, you know, they're they're out on the trail making the eight-mile trek. And we see a drone. We see an army yeah. of drones. Yeah, at that point, <laughs> and, yeah. And then a caravan of cars heading towards where the kids are going to cut them off. And so Wolverine realizes, I need to get down there. Pierce got his hands on the envelope with the coordinates, and he tracked them down. Yeah. Now, this is the part... Not even the envelope. He got a hold of the picture, the 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 class picture. That's right. No, no, the class picture that Laura had, she lost it somewhere, and it was one of the evidence bags. So we get Wolverine, and the kids, they left him a jar of the the healing stuff. Don't use it all at once, and I'm like... all at once. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like... Rules are made to be broken. (laughs) And he takes off to go try to protect these kids and help them get across. Now, this is the part for me that I I was very confused by this because the Reavers are are chasing the kids, right? And the kids are just running through the woods. The Reavers are right behind them on foot. I don't understand because these kids, why are they not using their powers? They were trained to be you know, killer kid soldiers, right? So why would their first instinct not turn around, use my powers the way I was trained? Like we've seen what Laura can do. They probably all could do that to a certain extent with their powers. So it was so strange to me. Like I know probably for dramatic purposes is the reason, but it's like, did they really need Logan's help? I bet they're actually all more capable except for the fact that they're children. So intellectually, maybe they were frightened at running. Potentially it's the intellect But also you got to factor in, she has his DNA. And when he roids out and goes on a rampage, she has that ferocity. These other children don't. So it may have been. And the thing was, 
they were using non-lethal ways of rounding up all these kids. The one they wanted was her. They wanted her. So, of course, they'd use all the other kids as leverage. The Reavers chase down all the kids, collect them, hold them all together, and it's down to Laura and Wolverine just slaughtering Reavers. Yeah, which is... But that Logan, it is kind of a mixed message. I feel like that he ha- he's juicing up. You know, he's like <laughs> he's taking drugs to save the day. It's kind of like ah. But then by the time Cheaties, he gets breakfast there, of champions. Yeah, yeah. But then he it runs out by the time he actually gets there to help. You know, to kind of the by final. By the time showdown. the boss fight starts, he's right. run yeah. out of mushrooms. <laughs> Doesn't have what it takes anymore. And and Pierce points that out to him. You know, and he's like, ah, oh, we're off, huh? And then we get the xander rice guy shows up again who again he, he's supposed to be like the evil mastermind he didn't quite work for me he's just in it so little i really feel him not quite like uh krennic from rogue one but more like middle management he's Maybe not so. the top boss i could see him as being like the underling of nathaniel essex or as he's otherwise known mr, mr. sinister, sinister. Um, <laughs> he's in the being, deadpool game right being the underling of him he's above the reavers but not the top man so they're well, what's they're not burning too, their hand here i mean colton pointed out you know the the personal vendetta he should have with wolverine but he even says he's like it's not even about that you know like that's not yeah. what I, I i'm not trying to eradicate all mutants that right. wasn't necessarily what i was doing i'm just trying to essentially be in control and give it to you what's the next generation what's the next you know use of this this gene the issue that I take with that scene though is he shows up and the way it's framed is I'm this important guy who's been pulling the strings. Yeah. And it just kind of felt a little bit anticlimactic because we really hadn't built to him. I didn't no, feel absolutely. much was built yeah, up to him at all. If he had been peppered throughout the film a little bit more, even if it was, you know, with a shadowy silhouette or something, I might have cared a little bit more. But he felt a little bit tacked on when he showed up at the end. I'm just like, yeah, I'm had... like, you didn't matter before this moment. Why should you matter now? Mm-hmm. He had a brief scene with Caliban. That was it, really. Yeah. Yeah. They had the any video, impact the, the of video all. Of him shut down the birthday party well there was that yeah in the videos that they were looking at but no he didn't leave an impact in those scenes the scene with Caliban the one who left the impact was Pierce uh, burning (laughs) him with the sun that's right that was my takeaway from that scene well no there was a second one Caliban when he got burned was the first scene Mm -hmm. that was just with the Reavers it was later on the doctor joins them about halfway into the trip and it's right before they have the the showdown at the family's house he didn't stand out exactly you know he, he was part of the background so finally when he steps out and says, I'm this and I'm super important, I'm like, really? You had, You're like, all you, right, you had well, two and a half hours to prove it. Yeah. Thanks for showing up. All right. I'm we'll just glad. Why don't you get shot? Die. I'm just glad Laura got her one shot off. Yeah. Took his head off. <laughs> and, and, and as for the kids not fighting back enough, I well, when you're on the run, they were kind of split up a little bit. There was some distance between them. They were caught off guard. At the end, it made sense when they were all together and they're like, let's focus all our powers together and yeah, yeah take, 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 take that down was the really head. Cool. So, so for me, it kind of made sense that way. But yeah, I, I see your point of they should have been a little bit more but, soldiery when when faced with this threat. You know? yeah. but, but in my mind, don't don't you think it should have been the other way around for the deaths between Pierce and Xander Rice? Because they should hate Xander Rice because he's the one 
who was created them and, you know, kind of orchestrated the torture and the training and all the things for them. He is the one who should have gotten all the powers turned against him. Well, don't you think? but the way the film was framed, we were all primed right. to hate Donald Pierce more. Yeah. The way, yeah. So I agree with you that considering the history, it should have been that way. But the way the film had been framed up to that point, we wanted yeah. Donald Pierce to have the nastier end. Yeah, the audience had more emotional weight on pierce but it all comes down to x23 yeah x24 yeah. and wolverine <laughs> uh weapon x yeah there you go got the x's going at it so at this point again it's i mean essentially it's just kind of uh it's kind of a repeat of the original fight you know where logan can't hack it again you know he can't he just can't stand up to the younger version of himself but, you know, there's, you know, and he's using a lot of his like classic moves from the other movies, you know, like the double jump, you know, the jump with the double claw stab. And Going straight chest. for the chest. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All that stuff. Uh, I really I thought it was very cool. You know, at a certain point, he he impales Logan on a, a tree stump, it's, you know, just fall it over. And now, you know, Logan's about to get that final final slash the final cut the kill you know, shot at the end and what do we get adamantium bullet blow it off a side of x24's head like a big Which... chunk of his head is gone and i'm just like you're not regenerating that <laughs> yeah now this is the question again that i have is so why in x-men origins wolverine like point blank rage shot in the head it just gracefully enters the memory bank section of his brain and then works its way out and in this case it manages to blow a whole section of the clone's head off is it just the caliber of the gun um on, like, Colli- just... on collider movie talk they say that legend says that there's a big plaque up at fox studios concerning x-men and the plaque says continuity schmontinuity yeah <laughs> they have just their timeline has been torn to ribbons for the past five years at least they just don't care <laughs> yeah the, but the other thing i noticed the original one so much i know, I I thought, know but, you know. but still they, they made references to it and we even remember that he picked up one of those bullets Exactly. He's been carrying it since, but the bullets that were used in that movie had a very different tip on them. They were very surgical. The one that he was holding and had on him the whole time, it was very self-defense round. Like anything it's like the, the sawed-off shotgun gonna... version. <laughs> no, 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 not a shotgun version, but it was going to tear a gigantic hole in anything it hit. So continuity schmontinuity issues here but fair enough for the plot i'll forgive it on this yeah. one yeah absolutely so, just... so now we get the fight we you know we got xavier's final line his death scene and it's kind of like you didn't think it was going to happen like you knew it was his last movie but are they really going to take it this far and so laura is there you know with with wolverine with logan and he's fading fast what does he say don't be what they made you essentially yeah. Don't be what they created you to be. And then he just set, starts fading and he says, so this is what it feels like. Like he's been wondering about death for so long because his body just I, I took it as die. he was embracing her and yeah. he was being the family man for the first time. Re- referencing what Xavier was telling him about of this is what it's like to be normal and have a family. I, yeah. thought, I thought he was referencing that. I thought that really? was. Yeah. Because yeah. he was embracing that girl for the first time. Well, despite being impaled. 
Right. Like, you know, <laughs> he he acknowledged her as his daughter at that point. Yeah. He was giving her fatherly advice in his last moments. I could see that. Now, I, I did have this discussion with some friends of mine. They brought up the point that there's potentially not much of a story arc for Wolverine in this movie. And I'm like, it may be a very condensed five minute story arc of his at the end, but we're getting multiple arcs from other people and it's driving throughout this whole movie leading up to this point. Yeah. Like it's it's not a gradual slope on the arc. It's very flat. But when it hits, you know it. And it's that last scene where he acknowledges her as his daughter. Yeah, and and at those, you know, it was it was emotional. It was it was beautiful for what it was. However, they decided to add a little bit of CG that took me out of it, which was supposed to make it more realistic, but it did not work for me, which was she's crying, she's bawling, he's dying. And a little bit of snot runs out of her nose, and it's absolutely CG snot. It's not. It's not real. Did you see snot? I didn't yeah. notice that. I didn't yeah, see when any you, snot. When you watch it, when you go back and watch it again, <laughs> you will see it. It just. It just drains out down to her lip, and you keep waiting. Is it gonna go? Is it gonna <laughs> drop? Is it? Uh? And then it cuts. And you, it does a little bit of a long shot on her and she comes out and she doesn't wipe her nose or anything. There's, she's just got a totally dry lip. And I was like, what, why did they do that? Like, again, I'm sure they're trying to say, well, that's what happens when you're really crying. This is from a parent <laughs> with children with runny noses trying okay. to tell I us. Know. He I'm notices we okay. won't. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I didn't, absolutely. I didn't see that at all. Well, now, re- yeah. and so all the kids they decide to have. Well, they're they're burying Wolverine, and yes. Laura, who hadn't spoken much English this whole movie, ends up reciting verbatim the Shame. monologue from Shane. Yeah, the well, movie they, they, they were saw... watching in the hotel. Yeah, and Xavier was telling her, "Oh, I knew about this. I saw it in the theaters when it came out, and it's one of his favorite movies." And, and it, it was an influence on this film, the Western yeah. tropes oh, it and was. everything. Yeah. I didn't get much out of no. what yeah. she said until I read it afterward. Once I read the quote, I was able to break it down a little more and sit there and think about what it actually meant to the movie. And it's, it's literally, there are no more guns in the valley. There are no more mutants in the U.S. So maybe they're they're playing a lot of tropes, and essentially the the quote is that the dad you can't is wash tell- away the title of murder murderer like that's one part of it right yeah. once like you kill a murder you that sticks with you yeah you can't get away from it yeah. so he's telling the kid to be better than him and that's why she quotes it and yeah I know what they wanted it to be. For me, it was not what they were trying to do, mostly because it was children, and there's no way the children were getting the gravity or yeah. getting the levels or understanding what that quote meant in that moment. Right. And so it's just like she's saying it because it's something she saw in a movie. It's the only thing she's ever seen that seemed like it mattered. Like, I don't know why it clicked for her. I mean, again, she's shown that she's sharper than most, so I could sort of see it, but I, again, I, it doesn't it's a little bit and it's borderline corny. Yeah. Yeah. But the worst part of it is that right after that, there's a kid holding a Wolverine action figure. <laughs> and I was like, oh no, come on. They, I think it's they a Marvel gave us. We, we, yeah. Let's have a discussion about the meta merchandise once we get, get to the end of the movie. <laughs> uh, or not. We need to take just a moment to talk about that. But yeah. I'm just surprised she didn't say, at least there's water. <laughs> 
Because <laughs> there's a little pond in the background. No, but I will say, see, all of that, again, played a little hokey to me. But when she turns back around and takes the cross out and puts it down as an X. Yeah, I just like about lost see, it. that worked. Yeah, that, that, yeah. That, was, that was the powerful that, moment. That brought me closer to tears than anything else in the movie. And believe me, a lot of stuff brought me close. And I'm so glad <sighs> they did not pull a Batman v Superman and have the rock start to levitate a little bit. No, I, no, no, I was so on. worried about that. Hold oh, on. I believe I was, that was worried. Covered. It's left open enough <laughs> that if he wants to come back, he can. Or they can resurrect him as a new actor. It's, yeah. It's just to that point that it's he's dead, but as we've seen in comics before, yeah. I mean, nobody generated. He regenerated from a single drop of blood at one point. <laughs> so, just yeah, give no, him that, time. What, I, what I'll say is, give him a yeah, few but years. I'm glad they didn't have anything on screen that made it more explicit. Right. Exactly. The freaking yeah. levitating rocks at the end. <laughs> I was like, please. I don't thought it was going to be a carry moment. The claws come out. Yeah, yeah. I thought fade I, to black. The, I had a small yeah. handful of scenarios. That was one of them. Is a pair of iron, just the claws popping out. Yeah, yeah, pair of metal claws. <laughs> and they didn't do any of that. They let him, for all intents and purposes, stay dead. And, and I thought that was respect. Yeah. So the kids are the new mutants. They've escaped well, so, to so Canada. Let's, let's talk about that though, because because he does mention that at a certain point. Like he makes that quote. He says, you know, oh, you know, there are no new mutants, Charles. Da, 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 da. But like, um, from what I understand, there's a new wait, wait. mutants movie yeah. coming. But if this is not a setup for that, again, this this is its own universe. This is its right. own alternate you know, timeline. This yeah. is done, gone away. The new mutants, which is kind of disappointing. You know, it's it, just it, like, why not continue it? Have Laura in it, all of well, that, which they probably that, will. Anyway. That's the one thing but, I do see is yeah. she would cross over between the timelines yeah. so. somehow. Okay. <laughs> maybe, maybe there's cable involved and time travel and we've seen that work to correct things in the past or try yeah. to so i need to have the same reverence for cable that you guys do but for him all i can think of is that freaking hilarious Cult video game lost. yeah where every time every time you guys mention cable uh, i just i think of a scene where deadpool is hallucinating and he thinks cable's a hot woman and starts feeling her up I yeah mean, uh, all sorry. you need to know is time travel and lots of unnecessary pouches that's what you need to know yes. for cable well yeah and so I guess the, I wouldn't call it irony, but I would call it coming full circle mm -hmm. is there's heavy rumors that Russell Crowe may be in the running for Cable. That'd be cool. Really? Yeah. So, so, so has that, has that thing with Pierce Brosnan, has that glazed over? Is that not happening? Or was I, that, was I that think a joke? that was just kind of a, let's float it out That's there and so see. Because I think he would be a cool Cable. The last two or three names they floated out, you're like, these would all be good guys. Like, mm -hmm. just pick one. <laughs> Somebody sign the contract. I mean, you, you guys need to be making this movie real quick here. Well, now let's let we're, we're getting off on cable casting, but let's talk mm -hmm. about the future of Wolverine casting. Now, I honestly do not believe this is this is Hugh Jackman's final film. This is the equivalent of, of farewell tours. Mm -hmm. You know, Ozzy Osbourne went on like a dozen farewell <laughs> tours. Sort of thing. I'm sorry. The first my first thought is Cher. The never can <laughs> yeah. say goodbye to her. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I mean, o but Ozzy had a retirement sucks tour, and I believe that Hugh Jackman's going to come back and say retirement sucks because if you look at his filmography, he's never really had success outside of X-Men. What, 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 what about Les Rob? Yeah, you but know, hold on. Are you, Leopold. Are you just Bomber's talking Bounty like... Bounty is revolting. <laughs> 
Adam, are you just talking like financial success on these movies? Critical even. Real steel? Come on. Like when, when has he been in a movie that people said, oh, it's, you know what? He doesn't need to go back to, to X-Men. You know, they know it's okay, never but said. This is the thing with major actors that get career defining roles. Those are their money bank. Every time one yeah, of these Tom roles Cruise goes pops back up, Mission Impossible, whatever. Well, yeah, he owns the rights to that. Right, so. he owns the rights. So every time he's like, eh, I need another 20, 30, 40 million, I'll go make another Mission Impossible. They have the freedom at this point to go do riskier roles or go make something that they think would be fun. It doesn't have to be critically respected or make money. It just has to, it's got to feel right for them. Let it happen. I don't see them casting another Wolverine for another three to four years. I mean, that's kind of the time. I don't know. Spider-Man. That's the timeline we've had with Spider-Man even. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. It it was five years between Spider-Man 3 and The Amazing Spider-Man. Right. Three or four. Not even a full two years between Amazing Spider-Man 2 and Civil War. Well, that crossed. mm, Yeah. (laughs) yeah. I'm just saying they got the actor. But if if they were to recast, do you guys have some actors in mind that you think would be able to fill the role and and get it done? Because it's just like James Bond. The the first guy to try to do it is going to be compared to Jackman no matter what. Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody could do worse than him. I think he was fine in this movie. (laughs) And I love his commitment to the character. I love him that he stuck with it for so long. Mm -hmm. But I again, I never felt characterization wise. Some of it has to do with writing, but most of it has to do with performance. I've never felt he conveyed the weight and the emotion of a life that would be Wolverine. But when I first think about it, like I imagine they're going to go to somebody like, you know, Clive Owen, you know, or, you know, you're you're going to get somebody like the studios these days for these big franchises, they have started to get in the habit of, we want to get somebody who can stick around for a long time, who can sign a contract for multiple films. And so I think they will be inclined to skew younger mid to early twenties so they can keep them for a while. Right. Well, and the, the sad part is it's probably going to be somebody like Joe Manganiello or somebody like that is going to get He's not very role. young, man. He's he's near 40. He's getting older. You're right. You're right. I mean, he was but in like, the original Spider-Man thing, and he <laughs> was too old to be in high school then. Yeah. I... But, but I just feel like they're they're not going to, I don't know, like I, I just wish they could not go young, but that's just where movies and films go now. But I, but I wish that they could give us like, you know, like so even somebody you're saying he's going to be up for cable, but like Russell Crowe, he's old. He could be a pretty interesting Wolverine. Like he has ferocity and intensity. He's shown us in roles that I feel like he could give us something really cool. And if they just like even gave him a one off shot, um, like Russell Crowe, he said the reason he did not take Wolverine is because he felt that the ferocity of Wolverine was too similar to what he had already done with Gladiator. He wants to keep his work as diverse as possible. Yeah, right. I, I could see years. somebody more. I could see somebody more of uh, in line with Tom Hardy or somebody he in that it. age class. Considering, I'm sorry, go ahead. To keep him around for 10, 15 years. Considering the studio's proclivities that I mentioned earlier, I've been thinking a lot lately of Logan Lerman. I don't know if you've heard of him. If he he beefed up a little bit, right. I think I think he could make a decent Wolverine and bring the anger and intensity. But what if they got Doug Ray Scott to finally come back? I think that'd be hilarious. Uh, after seeing <laughs> after seeing him in Taken Three, I think they should stick a fork in him. He's done. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, it could you, just you be like Billy know. Williams in the Batman Lego movie, finally getting to play Two Face. You know, yeah. just give him his moment. Uh, oh, did that uh, happen? Talent. Did that happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. He's in it. Yeah, it's Billy D. Williams. Because he had the contract, and Warner Brothers said no. Nope, yeah, it's too much. That, that's so. But cool. I mean, I, it sounds like we're all in agreement on this that this is this is a must see. This is this is a film. Again, it is intense. The language, like this, is a film. I feel like if they put it on cable, like basic cable, <laughs> it's gonna. They, get... they could easily edit it, edit out a lot of the stuff, and it would right. still work. Like it doesn't rely on the gore. It doesn't rely on the cursing and all of that. Like but the, the audio course... would be cut to ribbons, though. I think. Well, no, you just end up just doing a lot grunting. of VO. <laughs> enough is enough. I have had it with these monkey fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday plane. <laughs> that actually aired on FX. Yeah. As I quoted awesome. it. Yeah. I I could see it being similar to like a pulp pulp fiction. Like having to voice over and dub it just to clean up the language and you'd have some scenes that are cut short, obviously. But Yeah. They have I, to do that for for broadcast a little bit of right. pan and scanning to avoid some of the <laughs> yeah the headshots the <laughs> yeah some other stuff but yeah know what you're getting into it's rated what it's rated for a reason yeah there is a there is a there's nudity in this that you know they threw in just like look we got an r rating let us <laughs> let's put in two literally two seconds yeah. of nudity just we, to are, get are our we, are we know, talking about ryan reynolds buns no, no 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 the bachelorette <laughs> scene there's the briefest moment of his life as a, a limo driver at a drunk bachelorette party hey driver you know and then that's it oh, like i, I, I that's missed that so silly really <laughs> yeah that's what i'm saying I, I, it's I, so I guess that, mon- that montage just yeah made it me... was it was a blink and you miss it yeah okay which is fine sense. i mean it was extra it wasn't necessary yeah Ex- exploitation yeah but yeah you, you guys really do think that hugh jackman is gonna try and come back again for a paycheck uh, I, I think he will honestly like he's gonna at least do cameos he's gonna I, do cameos yeah, as wolverine maybe. over the past month He's been pretty adamant. This is it. He says he feels like it's the right time to hang it up. He's been getting pressure from Ryan Reynolds to do something with Deadpool, and he's been saying no. no. He's been saying pretty definitively mm. lately. Last fall, he was over right, the right, idea, right. but lately, he's been saying pretty definitively, no, I need to hang it up in the here and now. Could but that, maybe, yeah, yeah, could that also be an now. act with this is my <laughs> last movie? Us. Let's yeah. drive people to the theaters. That's let's that's push a very that good this is the last, and then I. I could definitely see him doing a cameo in Deadpool 2. It'd be great if you wore the costume that Adam wanted in Deadpool right? 2. Please, that would be please. awesome. Adam, would you be cool with that if he did it in a satirical sense, if you wore the costume? Oh, yeah. As long as we have the frame of film of him with, you know, and with white lenses. I don't want to see his eyeballs. He's got to have the white lenses in there. It's got to be like, yeah, just give it to us. Give us the action shot, you know, of you fighting alongside Deadpool for a five-minute fight scene, you know, and then make some crass joke and walk off you know off the screen I'm, or, I'm fine that. i mean even just make it like nothing in current day deadpool make it a flashback within deadpool yeah make it a flashback maybe. within a flashback within a flashback in deadpool <laughs> just to deadpool. just to make it just convoluted enough that it's like we don't care about timelines here like <laughs> this happened at one point in time along one of these various timelines you got it basically inception on acid right <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, Hugh Jackman did say the only way he would take up the actual claws and be Wolverine again would be if he joined the MCU. Yes, he did say wow. that. Because yeah, he felt that like the be... stakes, the acting stakes, would bring him to 
a different place. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Well, so, and the fact that Old Man Logan is actually in the current continuity of the Marvel Universe, you have X-23 as the all-new Wolverine, mm-hmm. and then Old Man Logan exists in that continuity as well. Like, they, they could, I bet Marvel would almost be up for that, because they'd be like, well, yeah, this is what we promote now. This well, Mark universe. Ruffalo oh, and his hillbilly right. brood. <laughs> no, we wouldn't go that they far. They wouldn't go that far, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could definitely see something... I mean, even just have something where Rogers makes mention of having fought with with an old man who never aged. Just a couple teases mm-hmm. and then introduce him as the old man. Yeah. That that would be something. That would make shockwaves around the world. Right. Yeah. But I don't see it happening. There's so much going on within Marvel already. Yeah. I mean, we don't even have the title for the- Avengers 4, which is currently filming congruently with I'll Infinity bet you War. That's- for plot secrecy. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. No. <laughs> so, but so but, but now, this, the last this is thing a fact. we mentioned, traditionally, uh, X Men films don't really have too many end credit scenes, right? And in not this one, me, they not also do so. not have an end credit scene. However, everybody at my theater waited because yeah, we've been we, trained by Marvel. Here. Yeah. And it, what does it say at the very end? This film created 15,000 jobs or something. The like, last few X Men films have done that. Yeah, which I just thought was so interesting. I was like, okay. It's anti-piracy. But, They're basically guilting you. Right. Don't pirate this uh, movie. You're conning okay. these hardworking people who worked on it. Because it was an audible groan from my my theater. They're like, ah, like they, they just felt yeah. so ripped off, you know. Well, I mean, if they'd been online at all recently. The director said there is nothing at the end. When it says the end, it is the end. If you're going to an AMC theater, check the AMC app. They have a thing called Run P. It right. lets you know when you can run and pee during the movie and not miss anything. <laughs> but it also makes it very clear if there's an end credit scene. Nice. Well, they, I mean, they made it very clear that there was no end credit scene. I mean, even in the Harkins we were in, as soon as it rolled Logan at the end, before the credits started, lights went on and up bright, which usually doesn't happen all that often if there's something else going on. And all over online, you just... There was nothing. Mm-hmm. And the consider- runtime was added because of the pre-movie Deadpool teaser. That was that was the only thing added. Mm-hmm. Considering the seriousness of this film, it would have felt artistically wrong to have any end credit scene of any kind at the end of this particular Yeah, agreed. Film. Yeah. yeah. Even if the end credits somehow were as somber as the rest of the film, it doesn't change the fact. Nowadays, those codas, that's the official word for end credit scenes. The the reason for these codas is to promote something coming up. And it's kind of crass to be doing that when you've just said goodbye to an icon. Two icons. Mm -hmm. Two icons, yeah. Like Professor X. And and let me just say, Patrick Stewart, before the year 2000 X-Men came out, he was that guy from Star Trek. (laughs) Now, he is Professor Xavier to us. That's a huge... To go from one icon to another like that, that's impressive. Uh, The only other example I can think of is Harrison Ford being both Han Solo and Indiana Jones. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, this film, it was hard for me to watch to have... To see that grand finale. By the way, Patrick Stewart has made it clear he's not going to be Professor X ever again. This is his swan song. Uh, I, I can oh, well, see well, a Deadpool it. cameo in his future. Uh, uh, on that mention of He the does have the sense of humor yes. for it. Uh, in, in keeping with everything that they've said in recent interviews about them, this being their last ride, the only opening I can personally see is Hugh Jackman showing up in Deadpool as Hugh Jackman. <laughs> that that, that's very that meta good. and very in keeping, but also he's Deadpool it'll, it'll, runs up to him on the street. He'll keep his promise of... 
I'm not being Wolverine. I'm just being Hugh Jackman. See, you know, he's like Hugh Jackman. Pop the claws, Wolverine. Pop the claws. No, <laughs> and he does a Broadway dance number right. for him. They break into a musical at yeah. that point. And uh, all the meta merchandise. I mean, me personally, when I first saw it in the previews. I was off-put by it, but in the film, I don't know why, but the, the Wolverine action figure, I totally see you guys not liking that, but it was water off my back. I, just, I, I was it fine with it. It didn't get to me. Um, it the, was the just comics? the tease. They're teasing, <laughs> there's the suit. <laughs> Um, but, but, but as for the comics, I thought they fit okay. Uh, whenever we talk about meta stuff, it's always meta hyphen humor. That's the first time I ever saw meta hyphen drama, and I thought it actually kind of worked. Hmm. Yeah, it did. It did. I mean, it was the X Men are long gone, and their stories have been turned into this mythology that exactly. we recognize outside of the movies. Right. They show it in a way so that it's not like they're going wink-wink. They're honoring it, you know? There's a difference between flat-out honoring something and going wink-wink. Hey, hey, uh, John Drake, uh, why don't you go by your real name, Robin? Warner Brothers, we're calling you out. Yeah, <laughs> Dark Knight Rises. So yeah, but I, but I, I thought it, it, thought it was really me. well done in such a way that it's basically saying their efforts were not in vain, and it's kind of like the X Men did matter, and it is what led to essentially, even though they the government suppressed the X Gene, it it seems like from all the people we meet that the everyday people actually did look up to the X Men and knew who they were and appreciated all that they did, essentially to save the world multiple times over mm-hmm. so it, it felt like that nice like kind of vindication for everything they went through in the other movies so so yeah again like i i felt like the comics were fine you know uh, a fine addition okay. to the story good good i heard a lot of complaints people were just like <laughs> no that's too much having the actual x-men comics show up in the movies that's a little too well, much None of them were actual X-Men. I mean, covers. These were made up for the movie with, yeah. with yeah, a everything. recognizable style? Yes. Okay, okay. <laughs> that makes sense. I mean, it was completely made up well, that for would, the movie. I guess that prompts me to ask, was Eden actually from the comics then, or was that a construct made up for the movie? The term I don't itself that from might the be somewhere in the comics, uh, yeah. but I don't think so. All, those panels of them you know, helping each other out to climb the mountains to reach Eden, that looked really authentic, like it really was an actual comic. You're telling me that whole thing was made up for the movie? Yes. Wow, okay. See? Well, guys, we are running almost as long as the movie itself. <laughs> so, Adam, you want to send us out? Any any parting words? Any thoughts? Uh, I guess I guess I would just say you know uh, if this is the, really the way to go out, he cho- Hugh Jackman chose it right, written well, directed well, mostly acted well across the board. So I, I this is this is like the I own all the X Men movies uh, except for Apocalypse. I still have not seen it. At this point, like this is probably one of the ones that I would want to go back to. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of the profanity and all that. The gore doesn't bother me as much, but the the core story of it and the heart of it is something I would want to watch over and over again. And I can't say that about the Brian Singer X-Men films. I liked First Class and he was okay at Days of Future Past. But overall, like this is one that I would actually hold up and say, you know, you want a good mutant story, you know, this is this is one you can hang your hat on. Se- 17 years, nine movies. A lot of people like are resenting him for leaving. I'm saying no, he deserves a round of applause. That's an amazing storied thing to do. And uh, you said you wanted me to sign off. Well, I'll sign off by saying I am one with the sequel quest and the sequel quest is with me. <laughs>
<laughs> now, I I did have a little add-on. I keep seeing all around the internet people saying, Logan's success is prompting and saying, we want more rated R comic book movies. No, no, that is not what it's saying. Yes, Logan may have made $280 million this weekend, but... It's because they honored the material, honored the characters, and told a good story. Only do the R-rated stuff if it actually works. I Don't mean, just if, do it because you... If it complements the story, if it helps the story, I can see you crossing over that line. But if it doesn't, then there's no need. I mean, we saw Batman slaughter a whole bunch of people, but off camera. Or with his car. It's not about... Oh, because it's R, people are going to see it. No, it's because they told a good story, people are responding to it. People are telling their friends. Mm -hmm. It's that interpersonal, dude, I just saw the movie, you gotta go see it. And that's what helps these movies. So if you're listening out there, big studio execs, don't do an R-rated movie just to do one. Tell coherent and good stories, and people will show up, regardless of the rating. Like, really. This and is the part where NBC goes, the more you know. Dun, yeah, dun, the dun, rainbow. Dun. <laughs> and so, I will send us out tonight. Make sure, follow us on all the socials. You can find us at SQPod on Twitter, Sequel Quest pretty much everywhere else. Find us on the web, SequelQuestPod.com. And, uh, at least there's water. Nice. <laughs> Try to kill it all away, but I remember everything. What have I become, my sweetest friend? Everyone I know goes away in the end And you could have it all My empire of dirt enjoyed all the fun of today's show and invite you to check out our regularly scheduled podcast sequel quest where we imagine the next installments of your favorite movie franchises find sequel quest on itunes soundcloud or at sequelquestpod.com now now